It's the Low Score Podcast. And now, here's Bobby and Jay. I figure they've waited this long, they can wait a few extra seconds in the song. Well, I mean, the song's the best part of the podcast, so we should probably just let it go. Oh no, Jay. What? We have a problem. What's the problem? We have the uh, the new version of Skype problem. What's which that Which is new? that when there's any music or any sounds playing, I cannot hear your audio through Skype because it cuts it off. Because oh. it's automatically trying to figure out what audio takes priority. Okay. Which should not be a huge problem. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, there's there's only one point in the show in which uh, you will say something that I want to hear and I'm not able to hear it, I'm but fam- I'll just know. I'll just do it in my head. I'm familiar with this part. We should just keep going. I mean, this is it's already been a disaster of a quarter here <laughs> uh, with no podcast. Oh, you say when you say quarter, it makes it sound even worse than it actually is. It no. has been a while. Okay, uh, since September, since Magfest, since Magfest, so uh, much, so much has happened. So much has happened. But first things first, let me tell you about what I had for breakfast. Okay, what'd you have? <laughs> okay, so uh, Meg's mom is in town. Uh-huh. We're doing doing holiday shopping. Right. And whenever she comes into town, one of the things she likes to do is likes to go out to get like bagels for breakfast. Yep. Because they that don't have delicious. they don't have a good bagel place near them, you know, or even a bad bagel place. Yeah, because they they live what an hour outside of the city. Right. Um, like pretty area, but pretty sparse area. Right. There's there's stuff there. Like there's there's a Wendy's and a McDonald's and mm-hmm. a Huddle House, mm-hmm. grocery but, store. Right. But if you want us to like go somewhere for a nice brunch, you're not even. Just- a, if you want to go to Panera, oh, that's a drive. Mm-hmm. Do you so, want to go to Panera, though? Okay. There is one thing that's good at Panera. Okay. The cinnamon crunch bagel. Okay. Oh, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. I'm with you. That is it's, delicious. It's not. Why do they call that a bagel? That it's is not a bagel. It has no hole in it. It's, it has no hole. It's a pastry. And it's like, it's got like cinnamon swirl all through it. And it's covered with like a. Like sugary crumble crust on top. Correct. I mean, it's I am a hundred percent with you that it's delicious. Could not be less like a bagel. All, all of the I, I do want to put cream cheese on it. Yeah, the pastry part of it is a bagel, right? Like it's <sighs> it's made from the same ingredients as what a bagel is made from. The texture is the same. You know, the rip is the same. All the ingredients are the same. Just mm. the format of it is different. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm trying to think. It's like the a, a pretzel bun versus a pretzel. Like it's still a pretzel. No, a pretzel bun's not a pretzel. A pretzel yeah. bun has pretzel-like qualities. Oh, I sh- like a the pretzel if you wrapped a hot dog, like that kind of bun, not like a sandwich pretzel yeah. bun. Okay, I'm with you on the hot but dog. A, a pretzel dog is the the pretzel just wrapped around before they cook it. All right, I'm with okay. you. That is a pretzel. Same thing. Boy, I've had a lot of uh, conversations recently as to whether or not things are sandwiches. The, okay, I've I've had a lot of conversations. Uh, I have an ongoing conversation with a guy at work about what and what isn't brunch, and how do you define brunch? Oh, that's good. I like that. Uh, and and once mm. you start thinking about it, like fundamental questions, can you have brunch by yourself? I think the answer is no, unless you go to a restaurant that they're serving brunch. Because I think brunch is a social setting. 
Interesting. Here's another thing. Can you have brunch after a normal lunch hour? Like, what if you go out for brunch at 1 p.m.? Is that brunch? Yes, it is. Brunch does not necessarily have to be between breakfast and lunch. But it has to be the first meal that you eat. I agree with that. Now, you it doesn't have to be the first thing you eat. If you have a late brunch and you're like, I'm going to have this banana to tie me over. Right. That's totally but, fine. But you can't have a sandwich and then go out for brunch. I at agree. Like th- at 2 p.m. No, you can't do That's, that. That is no longer brunch. Um, those are those are food options that are served at brunch that you're having for lunch. Now, If, if you go to a restaurant for brunch, it actually just happened to me, uh, and they have the brunch menu and they also have the regular lunch menu, mm-hmm. if you order off of the lunch menu, that's still brunch. You are eating brunch. Mm, no, I think you. I think you are being antisocial within the group of people that you're with by ordering off of that other menu. Because if you go to IHOP and one person gets a steak at night and one person gets a well, stack of pancakes, are they getting breakfast? Well, you can't have. I would say you can't have brunch at an IHOP. Well, uh, you, right, but I'm just saying, like in terms of eating things that are different meals at different parts of the day. If you go to IHOP at night and order pancakes, are you having breakfast? No, you're having dinner. Okay. So, by the but that's re- but that's because I think in general, the the meal is defined by the social situation and the general time of day. Well, how about this? Like, so, if you think about this, if you have if you have a quiche at six p.m., you're you're not having brunch. I don't care what's happening. There's definitely a time cut off where brunch yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Right. You missed it. <laughs> you 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 whiffed. Yep. Missed it by hours. Um. Well, how about this? So. If you order from the lunch menu at a brunch place during a brunch social setting, then you are out at brunch, but you are not having brunch yourself. I think, I think you're having brunch. We're all having brunch together as a group. Interesting. So, so brunch if you, is if you purely were, defined by no, relationship stuff. I don't think so because there's also foods that are appropriate and inappropriate at lunch. Mm-hmm. At brunch. Like, for example, if you had like uh, – I'm trying to think what – like uh, pizza. I don't think pizza is a brunch food. Is cereal a brunch food? No, that's a breakfast food. Okay. That's lame because brunch also has a, a level of fanciness to it. Right. Now it's, you can there, eat. There's a preparation to brunch foods. Yeah. Now I think that it doesn't necessarily have to be a combo. Like if you had bacon and eggs, I think that could be brunch. French toast and sausage, that could be brunch. Along with your classic type, you know, your eggs benedicts, your quiches. Um, well, then, then what is. So we know we know what the the other end of what seems like a brunch where brunch cut off on one end is. Where yeah. does brunch begin? Can you go to brunch at eight a.m.? I don't. That th- I, I think I think that's too early. I think that brunch brunch is a big occasion. There is something kind of laid back about it. You can't you can't get up and start your day at brunch. I what th- if what if you're up at like six? So you've been up for a few hours. Okay, maybe I would allow that then. Just, eight, eight seems too early, though. I was going to say nine. Like, ideally, a brunch is going to be in the 10 to 11 starting range. I think mm-hmm. that's a traditional brunch. I think all uh, nine o'clock would probably be okay, and into like one or one thirty. After a brunch starting at two or later feels weird. That's a little late. Right. It's a little now you're late just eating breakfast things for lunch. Right. Now something went wrong in the day, and now you're just like, I have to eat something at this point because it's right. two, and I haven't had a meal yet. If... You go out and no one orders a drink. Is it brunch? I think that can still be brunch. I do feel like uh, alcohol is an important component. But then again, there's things you can have. So obviously Bloody Marys and mimosas, those are your traditionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like screwdrivers. Okay, these are going to be fine too. Greyhounds. Um, I think beer can be acceptable. 
in the right situation. Wine is tough. I don't know about wine. Wine doesn't no, feel very yeah. brunchy to me at all. Um, and and some cocktails, like an old-fashioned, has no place at a brunch. You know, like, br- like brown liquors in general seem mm-hmm. a little off. Well, I, I would say that... I would want things lighter, more effervescent. For me, brunch, brunch is the attempt at combining uh, foods that are traditionally prepared for breakfast... In more elaborate ways mm-hmm. and heavier Ver- ways, it's a heavy Ver- yeah. meal to me. Ver- verging on, um, you know, lunch or dinner preparations of these things. Yeah. So that's that's the same thing with the drink, right? So if you have uh, bourbon and orange juice for some reason, right? You've got orange juice, so you've you've taken the orange juice preparation and you've done it a different way. So that right. that makes it okay. But if you're just having an old fashioned, well, no- nothing in that ever says breakfast. No. Except for the fact you're drinking in the morning. Exactly. Which. I think I think the morning components. I definitely think like fruit juices are going to get you a long way to making it an acceptable brunch cocktail. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Fruit. How about how about then we can say that all acceptable breakfast drinks when you add alcohol to them are brunch cocktails. So an Irish coffee. Is that Absolutely. a brunch cocktail? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Okay. I'm still. I'm not sure about one. Bourbon and orange juice doesn't sound very good. To no, me. I, that was just off the top of my head. I'm uh, sorry. But I'm not sure. I'm trying to think if there's a an acceptable place for like bourbon or whiskey in brunch. Okay, one of my favorites. Not opposed to it, but what about like a bourbon and cranberry juice? Okay, I've never had had that. That sounds oh, weird to me. It's awesome. It okay. is my go my go to wedding drink. Interesting. Yeah. I like a, see. I like a bourbon and ginger ale at a at a wedding. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, you, should, you should try this. Okay, bourbon and cranberry. I, I'm not opposed to that. Okay. Especially in the winter time, that seems very wintry to me. I don't know if I'd want. I don't know if I want that on like a summer brunch. Oh no, it's great. All right, it's great all times. Actually, the best the best summer brunch drink. My favorite summer brunch drink is orange juice, ginger beer, and rum. That sounds or, great. Or vodka. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Yeah. But my breakfast this morning. Okay. So. We didn't go to Panera. Instead, we went to Einstein Brothers. Yeah. A, yeah. Fi- a fine bagelry chain. Yeah. The, the men's with the mustaches. Mm-hmm. We went there. We had a coupon for a free breakfast sandwich. Okay. And I looked at the menu and, you know, they don't have a whole lot of offerings. It's not like a Panera where there's just like a ton of different right. ways you can do a sandwich. You know, they have t- typical sausage, egg, and cheese. Uh, oops. Drop my water bottle. Uh, bacon, egg, and cheese. I do not order bacon out at most places, typically, unless I know they do bacon well. Yeah, because they're probably going to undercook it. I totally agree. I, I, I'm i okay with them undercooking it. I just think the bacon is usually shitty. Right. So. I agree. I always get... I'm a I'm an egg sausage mm-hmm. sandwich. Good for pre- you. Pretty much 100% of the time. Yep. So I got that. But I got the uh, the current holiday offering, okay. which was egg and sauce, turkey sausage and cheddar. Okay. Pretty good. Sure. Uh, on a cinnamon raisin bagel. Oh, weird. Now I'm off board. That's, I, see, that's gross. I still like it because no. I like the sweetness that something like that adds. Mm-mm. What do you put now? You, you mentioned this already. What do you put typically on a bagel? You have a, you have a plain bagel. What are you going to put on it? I like plain. So, okay. Uh, cinnamon raisin bagel. I want plain cream cheese. Plain cream cheese. Perfect. Now, if I have a savory bagel, plain cream cheese is fine. I'm also fine with an herbed cream cheese or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty And then much a, how about a, su- a sweet Another sweet bagel. Like, would you do a sweet cream cheese on top of a cinnamon raisin? No. 
because I know done... I know some people like that, like a like a blueberry cream cheese on a, and everybody. I actually don't love the sweet cream cheeses all that much. I can do it on a plain bagel, but mm-hmm. then it just then it gets into weird. Like this is basically frosting, and I don't know if I want basically like an inverted cupcake so this let, early in the morning. Let me tell you then. <laughs> okay, it did not have cream cheese on it. That's what I thought I was getting because I read it quickly. Okay. It was a cinnamon sugar butter. Wait, with turkey sausage and cheddar and egg? Correct. I don't want this at On all. a cinnamon raisin. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it was awful. That sounds terrible. It was Why so would they gross. do that? It, the but and the butter, it was a cinnamon sugar butter and it, so it was it was almost like a um almost like a frosting. It wasn't as it wasn't as thick as a frost. It was like a, like an ice, icing drizzle. That's what it was like. Ugh. So it did not have the consistency of either cream cheese or a frosting, but it was like kind of melty and pouring off the sides. I don't want that at all? That's yeah. like that's like the people who do the uh, the Krispy Kremes for a hamburger bun. Have you ever done that? Yep. Is, how is that? It's really good. I okay. I'm highly skeptical. That seems it, very again, strange for the again, same reasons it, that your sandwich sounds abhorrent. It is just adding a a sweetness to the to the the burger. Sure. That you're not going to get from anything else. But you can't do a normal burger and replace it with a Krispy Kreme donut. You have to th- like construct it because you're probably not going to want ketchup's going to be weird. Okay. So, Mustard mustard's probably still going to be weird. So I, don't, I usually don't put those on my burger. Yeah, I'm a pretty dry burger. I like a little bit of mayo basically to act as a glue. Yeah. And I like I like lettuce, tomato, onion, cheese. Bacon, if you got it, but I like I like the I like I want the freshness of the of the vegetables combined with like the saltiness of the meat. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. And then you get you add sweetness from a bun, and you're good. All right, you're good. I'm not saying I wouldn't try it, but that sounds strange. Local proprietor Holman and Finch makes an amazing brioche bun, and well, brioche they... is different. The brioche seems like that would be just a little bit of sweetness, right. as opposed to like the Krispy Kreme, which is one. Oh. I would worry about the structural integrity of the donut. And two, like that's the brioche right. actually makes sense because it's like a heartier bread. Right. But that's no. why you have to, you know, with a, oh, Whew, excuse me. Are you making board. a sound effects record now? Yeah. Just trick 10. Um, that's why with the Krispy Kreme donut in particular, you have to, you have to be specifically designing your bu- your burger to fit on that. So okay. it has to be like a thinner, like smash style, just so that. As you are eating the Krispy Kreme, it's almost like when you have like white bread and it gets all smushed down, you mm-hmm. still have enough there to hold it all together. Yes. But it is not going to be like the wonderful consistency of a bun. Okay. That makes I, sense. I would not, you know, it is something I've done a handful of times. And well, even if it's delicious, it seems so incredibly decadent. Yeah. Like it's also, not something you can do all the time. Also, it's really fun just to throw a donut on the grill first, you know, a couple Word of seconds. Up. Yep. It's just a strange thing. I can see that. Okay. Do you use two donuts or do you cut a donut in half? Cut a donut in half. Okay. Yeah. And that's why you can't do all the other toppings because you just right. don't have enough. You just don't have enough bread. Right. All right. So tell me. Yeah. Well, we're on the subject. Sure. How was your dinner sandwich game this year? Uh, not too bad. I didn't have as many as I would have liked. We had, so there was a lot going on. We had my family in town and Carrie's birthday and stuff. So we actually were eating out more than usual. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have too many dinner sandwiches. Um, but the wonderful thing about being here is we've got those white house rolls from Ucrops, which make incredible mini dinner sandwiches. You ever had the white house rolls? No, I don't even know what that is. They're just, I mean, they're, 
they're hard to describe. They're they're like dinner rolls, but they're really amazing. They're like dense but light at the same time. Great structure. So I made a bunch of sandwiches on those. Is this a, is this a like well known preparation of a roll, or is this U crop specific? It's U crop specifically. Okay. Um, but any, anybody within range of a U crops knows about the White House rolls. Fuck <laughs> U craps. Yeah. Um. The world's most perfect roll says the website. They're really good. Next Wait, time you're in town, we should get. Are these, these the are these the rolls that the ham sandwiches come on at the Christmas party? Totally. Yep. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There will always be piles of those. They come in a whole wheat variety. They're okay, but you really want the white one. Correct. Okay, got it. I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I made I made a couple sandwiches with that just around the house. Um, those are little. They are little. We have to have a lot of them, of course. Um, we we did a smoked turkeys this year, so that gave an interesting flavor to the dinner sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, but. So so I had some yummy ones, but I, I got to say it was not not a banner year for the dinner sandwich. Now, how about you? You had five. I had five. That's I a good had, amount of I dinner had, sandwiches. I had this many. As as my hand is a turkey with the head and all the feathers, mm-hmm. so too did I have that many sandwiches. That's strong. Um, so this year I went to Publix and I bought little six-inch hoagie rolls. Because I wanted something that was a little... A hoagie roll. That's interesting. Yeah. Never had that. So I wanted something that had a little more, um, you know, structural integrity to it, right? Uh Something a little tougher. Definitely going to be more than even a good white bread or sandwich bread or something. And the problem with that is all the stuff on a dinner sandwich is soft. Because you got cranberry, you have stuffing, turkey, Turkey. and gravy. Right. right? That's your dinner sandwich. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do then is you construct the sandwich and then I would wrap it in foil Put it in the oven for like 10 minutes. Mm, bake it up. That's nice. Bake it up. Everything's, you know, all the flavors are melding. Right. The, the bread is getting soft. Then open it up. Uh-huh. And it, I'm at like 450 or something. Like okay. Two minutes at that. So then then you're getting the crispy outside of like the hoagie that. roll. So you've changed the consistency of the hoagie roll. Right. Now it's crispy. Now it's crispy on the outside. It's really soft on the inside. You don't have to rip it. You're just biting through it. Yep. Um, and it works now, really well. Now with this preparation, I would definitely do the gravy on the side. Well, almost like French dip style. Uh-huh. You went on it. Here's what you do. Okay. Before you put everything in, you take the gravy, you take the stuffing, and you mix it together in a bowl to make okay. a paste. Word. Then it all stays on the sandwich. And you can Very have smart. some dipping sauce on the side if you need it. Sure. I, listen. You may not. Gravy's gravy. It's best. Um, but yeah, the, that way you get that, that nice consistency. Plus it helps adhere the sandwich to the to the roll uh-huh as well so it was it was good it was a good year i made i made some pretty banging gravy this year nice i was happy with it i like i like gravy how was your turkey prep traditional prep or did you do the uh spatchcocking thing or what the fuck is spatchcocking everyone is talking about spatchcocking is taking the backbone out and oh. flattening it out that's all it oh. means. got it that's what i did last year right that's the well, julia child method so you took it one step further though because you removed the dark meat and the white meat Okay. That's yes. an additional step. But spatchcocking is great I, for chickens. Like if you want to grill a whole chicken, I don't know Spatch, what it's called. Spatchcock and split it. Mm-hmm. Spatchcock mm. and split it. Because uh, you can take it out and flatten it and then basically grill it all in one. Like, Gotcha. Thing. Okay. No, I um, I did a whole bird, Alton Brown style. Perfect. Made the turkey tent or the foil tent. Foil, yep. The the foil triangle or whatever. Turkey triangle. I can't remember what it's called. Yep. Uh, 
did that and and it worked fine. This year was interesting because this is year it was the first year that I've ever pulled the turkey out and it was done. It was ready to go. And we're like, wow. oh fuck, nothing else is ready. Yeah. Because uh, it was about a half hour earlier than we expected it to be well, done. Well, the turkey will stay pretty hot for a good long time. Yeah. Yes, it will. It got a little cold. I mean, it depends on how the... Once you, you cut it, so you carve it, and even just carving it, putting it on a plate, the amount of time it takes to like put half a turkey on a plate and then bring it to the table, it's starting to get cold. Got it. Um, which is fine if you have nice warm gravy to warm it back up. Totally. But if you're not putting a lot of gravy on it, then you just kind of got cold turkey. That's the worst. That's how you quit. Mm-hmm. That is that is how you quit by eating turkey that's been prepared way in advance. So the, is this a turkey podcast now? Can we just can we call it? We I do don't remember we want, what right? this podcast is. Well, there's one thing that I I'm know. totally fine. I'll tell you though, I'm way on board with this being a turkey podcast. It's pretty much been a turkey podcast for yeah, a long time. But for the sake of tradition, we'll call it Low Score Episode 117. Big Episode 117. Bob and Jay, Bobby, you're over there. I am actually over here. Jay, you're over there. I am. Hi. Hi. So, I. you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to play this because I think we need to. I think we do. Yeah, so um, not one, <laughs> but two Borderlands games have come out. Two, two Borderlands games. Since uh, since we've last spoken to you folks. Borderlands, the pre-sequel, which we've talked about, um, not at least before launch. Okay, yes. You're shaking your head. We've acknowledged its existence. Yeah, I think yeah. we've had some discussions about if we're going to buy it or not. Correct. Uh, we did. But we, we had not even seen the trailer that had really sold us on it. No, the big long one. The, the long one with where they explained all the... All the butt uh, stomps butt stomps and the gravity and all that yep. kind of stuff so that uh, had not even come out yet i don't remember if we've talked about the telltale game we dismissed it when they announced it at e3 that definitely it, it sounded stupid to me but uh the first episodes out in reviews are fantastic hey good for them so i'll probably play that at some point yeah that seems it seems more likely now than when they released it yeah um so do you want to talk about the pre-sequel now i've played a teeny bit of it no, we'll we'll save it. I just wanted to to announce it, acknowledge that it's out. Yeah, yeah, we've been. Not only is it embarrassing that we haven't talked in three months, but you know, as the foremost authority on Borderlands, we've really really dropped the ball here. Cool story, bro. Yeah, not not so much. Kaboom! Newsflash, bitches! I always should play that first. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. God damn it! That one I feel like we can't play enough. Still my favorite. Still my favorite. Okay, so. Uh, we played that song. Uh-huh. Do you have another song? I do. Okay. Good morning, Captain. Well, good morning to you. Do you need another mule skinner? The list, excuse edition. Down on your new mud run. Yes, we owe you an apology. Yeah, we, uh, as we've acknowledged, haven't done this in a little while. But we've been busy. I mean, 
Uh, I mean, a lot of people thought maybe we weren't doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just been a it's just been a rough couple months. So you've been really busy. Yeah. Um, and so, just to try to explain, you know, where we've been, what's been up, etc. Jay and I decided to make our the list this week appropriately themed to our excuses for the reason that you've not had a new episode of Low Score since September. Right. Not even a small episodes. No episodes whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Oof. Not even a best of. Not even a best of. Not even a replay. Not even a replay. Could could have done that, but nope. Instead, chose not to do anything. So, these are uh, each of our five excuses for why we haven't podcasted in the last three months. Jay, do you want to start? Sure, I'll start. Um, so, I got the mistaken impression that with MAGFest uh, now being more than once a year, I thought we were only doing the podcast at MAGFest from now on. Okay? I thought that was, um, you know, uh, you had podcasted with the Fat Gatsby crew. Mm-hmm. We had podcasted out on the ledge. It was a lot of fun. A lot of podcasting going on at MAGFest more than ever before. Now you've got MAGFest in September, more MAGFest in January as usual. I felt like there's going to be more MAGFest happening all the time. And, and I thought, you know, we decided it was such a good idea to do in person. That's the only time we're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, actually, if we just waited a month, it would have been fine. That's what, exactly. Yeah, we'll be we'll be together at MAGFest 2015. What are we calling it now? Is it MAGFest 13 or MAGFest 2015? Whatever. The next Fuck MAGFest. MAGFest. Fuck it. Uh, MAGFest Prime. I don't, do we yeah. need that? E3. MAGFest E3 version. Perfect. Perfect. Mag- Mag- MAGFest Mid-Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that one's also my apologies. Um yeah, so I decided that I needed to get a little active in my life. Too much oh. time spent playing video games. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, putting on putting on the pounds, especially with the holidays coming up. It's hard. So I joined a new club. It's the Mario Golf World Tour LARPing group. Ooh, okay. So we, I like we've that. been out on the links putting and driving. And uh my handicap is good. But it is really it really killed the podcast for me. So. so you're you're both golfing and LARPing. So you like dressing up as Waluigi, but then actually playing real golf. Correct. I'm dressed up as Birdo and playing real golf. Birdo, yeah. that's yeah. good. Uh, and you know, we we play with different groups all the time. Um, it kind of depends on who can get together on the weekends. So, you know, Wario, one of the regulars. Uh, Luigi, a little flaky, got his head. You know, he's inflated by the year Luigi. That guy is just way out there. Nice. There's a guy with a, a real thick, thick beard who comes dressed as Princess Peach every once in a while. He's he's great. It's a little strange. Hmm. He's great. Okay. But yeah. So my number two, um, back when we were recording the podcast, I was playing a lot of Bravely Default, as mm-hmm. you remember. And as I said, I put about 102 hours into that game, f- maxed out, leveled up everybody to level 99, maxed out every single job for every character. But I had heard that if I continued to play, I would unlock secret jobs. <gasps> that um, I'd seen there was there was like a subreddit where people were talking about this as a possibility, mm-hmm. and I was I'm still you know bravely default two is a long way away. So I felt like all right, if I just play more of this game, I'm gonna unlock the secret classes. So I put in another hundred hours into the game, just replaying the same boss battles again. Yeah. How'd it go? Uh, nothing happened. I still, I still haven't given up. I still think yeah. there might be more to do. Third playthrough. But uh, anytime I had opportunity to podcast, I was like, maybe I should just, maybe I should just fight these same enemies again. My friend, because who knows what's going to happen for EGM, and he said that he heard from Square, right, in Japan. Oh man, someone had to 
unlock the new job classes. Okay, so you've heard it too. So mm-hmm. I should I should play more. I would play at least once more, if not twice. Oh crap. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it unlocks at two fifty hours. Yeah. It's possible. Uh that's interesting. Speaking of replaying games, so I was really embarrassed. I turned on my three sixty, I unplugged the Ethernet cable. Okay. Because I was ashamed that I replayed Lego Pirates of the Caribbean again twice. Okay, two so a total of three playthroughs now on Lego Pirates. Correct. Well, three three full start playthroughs. That doesn't include the new game plus playthroughs, okay. which I consider to be one playthrough. So and that's to unlock the extra characters. Right. Technically, six times through that game. <laughs> okay, that's a lot of times through that game. Yeah, yeah. I had uh-huh. some leftover rum from the summer, so just had to finish it. We know those things go well together. They do go well together. Yeah. Rum and Legos. Yeah, but I'm never plugging in my 360 ever again, though, because then, then those achievements will, this will hit just the all pop up, pop up, pop up, yep. pop up. Yeah. I understood. Uh, so, I. Um, another reason I have a podcast, I actually thought that we couldn't. I had heard that the ability to podcast only dropped. Uh, I think there was a 1 in 10 chance of it dropping when you beat Atheon in the Vault of Glass raid. So I've been uh, doing the Destiny raid again and again, hoping for that rare drop. So that we uh, could podcast. So, th- so that we could podcast, but I can't. I keep getting stupid Ascendant shards. I don't need those anymore. I've got my gear fully leveled up. Um, you know, a lot of people are looking there. They want Vision of Confluence or something, you know. But I'm like, no, I've got to get I've got to get this engram that I can decode that will then let us podcast together. So, I don't understand any of the words that you're saying, but I can tell by your passion. It's just, ah, Destiny is a cruel mistress and stupid Bungie. They've said that in the expansion that uh, rare loot, like the ability to podcast, is going to drop a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Um, they've patched that in. They've been listening to our complaints. So that's my bad. I didn't know that that was, again, false rumors. False rumors. So another reason that I've been busy is I picked up a side gig. Oh, did you? That's right. Picked up a side gig. I've been doing QA testing for Ubisoft on Assassin's Creed Unity and the crew. Well, you did a great job. Thanks. Uh, I, I actually just finished Assassin's Creed Unity yesterday. Yeah. Fuck that you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um. So what you're telling me is you're a you're a fan of climbing up towers and unlocking Correct. maps. You love right. <laughs> Every love time it. you were like you were like stars, smiley faces. I was like, what, how many icons are on this map? 50? Mm, give me to 75. Get the big old checkmark stamp. How about we How about we put some chests that are impossible to unlock? Because your stupid initiates thing is broken. Don't play Unity. All right. Uh, number four. Uh, I was really busy. This was mostly in October. Um, I had been doing some uh, on-the-side consulting work with Christopher Kimball trying to develop a foolproof podcast recipe. Ah, okay. Christopher Kimball of Cooks Illustrated. Cooks Illustrated, America's Test Kitchen, mm-hmm. all that all that good Empire stuff. And and he had, he, he had uh, let me come up to their test kitchen in Boston working with people to try to develop a real foolproof recipe for podcasts. I mean, everybody's been podcasting for a long time now, but is there a way that we could do it quicker and bring it to the home podcaster? Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't really successful. There's no way to really do it in a foolproof manner, as you can tell by my horrible video today. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, it's awful. Um, Looking at Frosty the Snowman. The close we get, I did cover myself with gelatin before we started podcasting, which I think is really going to help the podcast come together. Sure. Together. 
chemical reactions. Uh, um, and before I send you my half of the audio mix, I'm going to uh, drop a couple anchovies in there to bring out some of that umami flavor. Right. Always uh, anchovy paste. Always anchovy paste, uh, which I think is going to help, but I don't know if we've quite gotten the foolproof yet. So that took yeah. a lot of time. What is the podcasting equivalent of the Maillard reaction? Huh? Oh, interesting. Uh, would, would that be the, uh, the coming together of the two audio halves? I'd develop probably... a more complex yes. audio flavor? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, now, so I had that part-time job, and while I was holding that part-time job, I was also working on something that's just a passion project of mine. So are you familiar with NaNoWriMo? No, I am not. Hashtag NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. People get together during the month of November mm-hmm. to write a novel. Oh, I'm, fam- I'm familiar with Movember, but not November. Yes. Oh, Movember. Mm-hmm. I, as you can see, I've been working on my mustache. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Um, so I spent National Novel Writing Month working on my Persona 4 fanfic. Ah, perfect. And it it, it just needs a couple more weeks. I know it's supposed to be a hard deadline. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it'll be good, and then I'll well, go up on the website when it's done. Hey, it's got to be you got to do it right, you know. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's done when it's done. As Valve has taught us, so don't don't constrain yourself to just a single month of novel writing. Thank you. Good call. Is I I assume Yosuke features prominently in it. Yeah, you could say prominently. <laughs> okay, all right. I don't I don't want to. No need to spoil anything. But all right. So Jay, what's your last reason? My last you're... one was uh, again. My bad. Similar to the raid, I was talking. I was talking to this rabbit, and he told me, yeah. that I wasn't allowed to podcast until I'd found him some puzzle pieces." Mm-hmm. So we've had a couple of National Street Pass weekends since we last talked, and I was driving to McDonald's and Home Depots like a crazy person, trying to complete the low score puzzle for this damn rabbit. How's it going? Well, it. It doesn't really exist. This rabbit was scamming me. He's a scam artist. He is a scam artist. He's already stealing my money, making me uh, build this garden that I don't want to build. Getting different colors of seeds and stuff. Uh, He's just, you know, he's just got his own nefarious purposes trying to distract me, make me do his bidding. I hate that stupid fucking rabbit. I hate that stupid rabbit. That rabbit. So I finally found out his stupid shell game. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right, well. What's your last one? So, actually, this has been occupying most of my time. Uh, It's been doing a lot of, like, crisis management work, reacting to the situation, when through a series of, like, weird misunderstandings, my subreddit fan club for people who like Stargate and people who play games, there was some stuff came out and the whole, and what, you know, r slash gamergate right that's what we were stargate and people play games mm-hmm. um and boy that just blew up in my face <sighs> that's bad you yes. guys so you got just a lot of a lot of people mistakenly coming there and trashing people so i've been trying and to you're res- just like i just love uh weird futuristic egypt fiction mm-hmm. slash time travel slash right. super mario brothers slash yeah slash it all mm-hmm. slash sg1 whatever yep slash fiction mm. <laughs> oddly enough no Stargate slash fiction. <laughs> oh, bummer. The, yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Once you're done with that Persona 4 novel, maybe you can yeah. get on it. <laughs> yeah. National Novel Writing December Month. Hey. For Movember. Movember. <laughs> Mo December. December. So those, uh, we're really sorry. Those are our reasons why we haven't podcasted in the last three months. I think they're really good reasons. I, I think, think everybody so will understand 
uh, what's been going on. Yeah. And I like, I appreciate that you in particular were working for the cause. Oh, you know, trying, trying to do these things for the podcast. Well, I mean, meanwhile, just, I'm over here just selfishly. I, I don't know why people keep trying to trick me, man. Between the raid and that and that fucking bunny, I mean, I know that bunny's just a dick. Yeah, you sh- you are an expert. I should have I should have known about the bunny. I should have seen through his uh, his excuses later. Well, there's also the problem where you, that you've encountered in which uh, you you moved to about five feet from the sun, apparently, mm-hmm. according to your video quality God right damn now. It. What is up with this? Vi- it's getting a lot worse. It's yeah. So Jay's video is like extraordinarily washed out, like totally white. totally blown out. He's sitting in the dark. So I have no, I have, all right, so I'm in a room, I have two windows, they're both totally closed with the shades down, I have a Christmas tree unplugged, I got an overhead light off, I got a desk light off, I have a candle on, I guess, but that's just, I mean, that's not, it's <laughs> not much light, I mean, here, like, I can, I can hold it up, yeah, I can no. even see it, it's not, can't, can't even see it, you I, are brighter than a flame, I can't, I mean, I don't know why it's getting worse, that's really and I've used weird. this camera before, I'm like, what if I turn it, just, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's That's just not a, any better. I think it's just a shitty camera. I think it's just garbage. It's yeah. a pile of fucking garbage. Um, oh, good. Whatever. You can sort of see my shape. Yeah, it's fine. It's good enough for me. So long as we can, we can do our visual cues in which we wink and give thumbs up, occasionally hold things up for the other person to describe. Which, uh, <laughs> well, you can't hold anything up. Cause can you, can you see this? It, oh, it's a pencil. It is a pencil. Oh, great. Perfect. We're on board. Oh, you hold it like that. It looks like it's wobbly. Ooh, blah, 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 blah. Made of rubber. Yeah, it just looked like you had to like held up a, li- a white light that blocked out even more of your room. Great. That's a pretty good effect. Jay is now shaking the pencil such that it looks like it's a, a big solid. Spade of rubber. Big solid fan. No, I don't even see that. To me, it just. Is that a pencil sharpener? You better know it, man. I had that experience the other day where I heard a pencil sharpener. I was like, what the fuck just happened? I've been sharpener at work. I only use, I like, so, all right, after a long time of messing with, like, pens that I don't like and mechanical pencils, mm-hmm. I just like regular-ass pencils. They write the best. Nothing writes better. They got crisp. They got the best feel, best grip. I buy these. I'm a big fan of just the good old Ticonderogas mm-hmm. uh, that I buy in bulk. Oh, the Dixon Ticonderogas. Dixon Ticonderoga. Fuck yeah. Soft. Number two. They have great erasers on there. You should go see a doctor about that. God, they're so good. They're the best. Got a ton uh, of them. I still like I still like Bic mechanical pencils. Those are those are the best mechanical pencils yeah. for sure. Nice, nice thick. The point sevens, not the point fives. Yeah, the point sevens for sure. Hundred percent. Yep. So Jay, video games. It, we have, right time for video games. We have now amassed enough things. Well, you've amassed enough things. Oh, we got a. Sh- I got a shit ton of video games to talk about. I don't know so, how to. So, bear it down here. I yeah. Pick your favorites. Yeah, and we'll try to move through. Yeah, we'll talk about talk them all about them all, but some of them more than others. So, so why don't you begin with the beginning? I want to start the with real Destiny. the real reason that we've not podcasted in three months destiny is is actually a real reason yeah there have been weekends where i'm like maybe i should reach out to bobby and i'm like but i could just play a shit ton of destiny well and that's so, the thing too because you i know you're playing destiny and like well if jay's playing destiny maybe i can do something else too maybe you, so, could, play, in, you could play destiny maybe you i don't destiny. i don't want to interrupt him if he's playing destiny so i'm gonna play some, some other game couch, yeah. um so last time we talked i do remember this i had just started <laughs> playing destiny <laughs> It just come oh out, God. and definitely some kind of middling reactions to it, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of things I said are very true. So let's talk about the things that are indisputable. I, I think that the the, sh- the shooting, the field shooting, top notch. Like mm-hmm. best shooting in a console game probably ever, just mechanically. Uh, lots of complaints. Devoid of content, right? Not a lot of levels. Right. What's what's there is really well designed, but uh, there definitely could be more more environments, more levels, and stuff like that. Um, I've never played like an MMO game before, or these like kind of grueling progression type games. And something kind of happened the more I played Destiny when you realize how good it is about having carrots dangling in front of you just within your reach. And as soon as you get it, you're like, man, that was so satisfying. And they're like, check out this carrot, though. And you're like, oh, what if I could get that? What if I get that gun? So tell me, when you get a cool gun. Yeah. Because I can. the only thing I can compare this to is Borderlands. Right. And I know I know that they're extraordinarily different, which is why I want to make these comparisons. So Totally. In, in Borderlands... They say there are a trillion guns, a bazillion, however many guns. Right. And a- and it's effectively meaningless. Occasionally you get a you stumble across a good gun randomly and now mm-hmm. that becomes your gun for a while. Right. And but but you're never like looking for the next great gun. No. Because there's no way of guaranteeing that you're gonna get it. So this is the exact opposite, right? Like there are like everybody knows like here are the best guns in the game. So there's definitely like different opinions based on your individual play style and stuff like that. Um, and there's different guns you want for different situations. So a lot of the fun comes from uh, like the community aspect. Like everybody said, like I ran the raid. This is the sniper rifle. You've got to have like, no, this is the sniper rifle. You've got to have. Well, I think that sniper rifle is better for PVP combat. I think this one's better for this. Um, they made uh, combat about that uh, web comic. They did. Yep. Hmm. Uh, so there's definitely like, I don't even know how to. So, the, so like the more you play, the more you like learn your play style and the different types of guns that you like. Like I found that I really like hand cannons, which are pistols, right? And so then there's a lot of talk about what's the what are the best pistols in the game. So I've got I have two. Like one is called the Devil You Know, which I really like because it has a lot of bullets in the chamber, and um. If I do a headshot with with it, then I can reload really fast, which I can almost always get in a full magazine. So in um, like PVE combat, player versus enemy, or like um, you know cooperative gameplay, I really like it because I'm shooting a lot of guys, I'm reloading all the time, and it mm-hmm. does incredible damage. As you can imagine, with pistols, like per bullet, it does the most amount of damage, but of course the rate of fire is slower, um, and the reload time is often slow. But then I've got one for. Um, crucible combat which is like the competitive multiplayer it's called the last word and the last word um is like, a great twitter account it is uh <laughs> the, the names of the guns are really cool uh, so it fires extremely fast when you're firing from the hip so it's good for like turning around the corner and seeing somebody i can fire this hand cannon faster than people can fire their auto rifles and just take them down real fast it's like like somewhere in between like an auto rifle and a shotgun, but the magazine's a little bit lower and the reload's a little slow, which is okay because I've got eight in the chamber. And if I don't, can't hit somebody eight times, which doesn't take to kill them down, I'm probably going to die anyway. And I deserve to die. I've also got cool machine. Sounds well balanced. I mean, it's meaningful. It's super well balanced and super meaningful. Um, 
there's also choices to make. So there's different classes. There's like like Borderlands. There's different rarity. Like I mean, like any game. But then there's a, a top level of rarity called exotic. Um, exotic weapons you can get them randomly, but they drop very rarely. Usually, you need to do specific things. Um, you can buy them from a vendor who only shows up on the weekends, and to get uh, to be able to buy stuff from him, you have to go and complete this like hard challenge every week that resets. Um, you can also uh, get bounties for them, which usually require you do a whole lot of really crazy stuff all in a row to get them. So, for example, I am working on a bounty for a hand cannon called Thorn. And I'm at the hardest step of it where I have to uh, amass... It's like this like weird sub-game where I have to get 500 points in competitive multiplayer. And the way I get points is like this. Um... If I kill somebody with a certain type of damage, I get five points. And whenever I die, I lose two points. Gotcha. So I have to, so one, because I have to use this special kind of damage, the guns I can use are way reduced. I have to use this shotgun I have that's really good. I can also use a machine gun, but machine gun ammo is pretty hard to come by. So I'm basically like limited to this shotgun. And I have to play way more conservatively because I don't want to die because that'll slow down my progress. So now I'm basically like hiding in tight corners waiting for people to walk around and then shotgun them. Or in my class, I can put up this like impenetrable bubble Mm -hmm. and I have a hat that if people come into my bubble, um, they are blinded. So I kind of wait for them to come into my bubble so they think they can do damage, but then their whole screen turns white and I just shotgun them a million times. That explains your webcam today. Yeah, well, there <laughs> so you are wearing go. the hat and I can't see I, you. I'm wearing the hat. Um, but with these exotic weapons, you can only equip one at a time. So there's three different classes of guns, primary, secondary, heavy weapons. So primary weapons, you got like your auto rifles and your pistols. Special weapons are like shotguns and sniper rifles. And then heavy weapons are rocket launchers and machine guns. So you can only so if I have an exotic shotgun equipped, I cannot equip an exotic hand cannon. Okay. So, are other people doing this this same bounty as you at the same time, or is the bounty being yeah, but delivered it's ran- randomly? It's random. So you you can do bounties each day, and when you turn in a bounty, there's a random chance of you getting one of these exotic bounties. And there's all kinds of theories, like if you turn in a bunch of regular ones in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, regular bounties are ways to get a whole bunch of experience like really fast. So it'll be like, hey, go uh, melee kill 30 enemies without dying. And if you do that, you'll you complete but a regular it, bounty. Is it, but I'm saying, or go, go to PvP and kill 25 enemies of, of to who are Titans, one of the three classes. Um, and turning those in will unlock these bounties. That's one of, that's one of the main ways to get exotic weapons. But is everyone else doing the same bounty um, as you at the same there's time? There's also, I found like Say again? Is everyone else doing the same bounty as you at the same time? No. Okay. No, it's totally unique to me. Gotcha. That's that makes more sense. Yep. I was gonna say because yeah. that, that would produce a weird situation where everyone is like behaving in the same way. Right. The people who I'm shooting, they don't know that I'm having to play in this oddly specific way to get this bounty. Okay, that's cool. Got it. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of fun. Uh, there's also, like I said, a neat like community aspect of it, like online again, talking about what uh, what the best gear is, different play styles, um, where, different preferences and stuff. Where There's, do you go to, to community? Uh, the So I've been finding the like Bungie forums mm-hmm. are a really good place. Um, there's like, uh, I'm in a bunch of fan sites. Do you go there's, to like the Giant Bomb 
wiki I've, or page? I've, or I've not gone there a lot. There's a, a good guy on YouTube. His name is Dotto, which, again, he's also the best Final Fantasy X Blitzball player. Yeah, garbage. Uh, if you go to Dotto Does Destiny, he has really good videos on exotic weapon reviews and strategy guides. Is this like, like, is like, stuff a, every week? like a series of Oreo reviews? Yeah, yeah, very taste, similar. Taste all the exotic Oreos and rate them on a five-star scale? You should, yeah. We can only have one exotic Oreo at a time. Um, but even just talking to people who you meet, so like basically at this point, I've kind of toned down now that I've leveled up basically to the max, where every week the raid resets, there is a, um, so there's all these strikes in the game, which are meant, they're like hard levels made for like three people. And there is a version called Nightfall where all the enemies are really hard. There's a bunch of like, basically a bunch of the, you remember the skulls from Halo? Yeah. So they turn a bunch of those on where it's like, okay, this type of damage does way more damage. The enemies are going to be like have super strong shields. Um, oh, and by the way, if your whole party dies, you have to start over. There's no checkpoints. Uh, but if you can finish it, then you get like super good gear and you can do that once a week. Now, I mean, it's been so long since we podcasted that you were having trouble for a while doing the raid. And getting enough people together to do the raid. Right. So the raid is this like super hard, super unique thing where you have to have six people to do it and there's no matchmaking. So I eventually, once I got, I was like, I really want to try to do this. I want this trophy. It sounds unique. So I just went on the forums and it turns out there are a million bajillion people looking to play the raid at all times. Of course. So I, all I had to do was say like, I've never done the raid, but I'm a level 29 Titan and people are like, fucking A, come in our group. Let's go. So... I've now done it five times. I do it every week to get... Uh, so in the raid... Let's talk about the raid. Talk about so, the raid. So the raid is a very, very long encounter where um, it's extremely difficult. You have to work together with six people. Um, and, and and you really do. Like, I can tell you about some of the stuff to do. There's, there's no way you, you can do it without coordinating with people because you'll be broken up into three groups who can't see each other and you'll have to communicate... Mm-hmm. Like, so you know kind of how to prepare once you guys come together again. Um, the uh, There's unique and amazing weapons that drop in the raid. Uh, you get in massive quantities uh, items that you need to upgrade your weapons that uh, you can get other places, but not as efficiently. Um, and uh, the best gear in the game drops on the raid, um, or at least gear that's going to help you get to the max level. Okay. So it's worth, so this is one of the reasons it's worth doing. But it's really unlike anything else in the game and just has really creative and unique encounters. I can see why it took people so long to even figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. There's basically like four different sections. But I can tell you like the last section is is so nuts where there's a big boss and he's shooting at you. And he is an impenetrable shield. You can't really hit him. And there are, if you can imagine, a big room with two like... Um, warp gates that when you like walk through you go somewhere else and the only way to open these gates is to stand in this circle for a while and like charge it up and then stay there and defend it so you can go in and out so what the boss does is you have six people he takes three of you and he randomly warps you inside one of these gates okay and the people who are in these gates one person um has to pick up this shield And when they have the shield, they can't shoot, but they can do incredibly powerful melee attacks. The other two people, their vision is very slowly like going black, so they can't see. 
but they have guns and they have to kill these things that float in the sky because if they don't kill one of these things in like 10 seconds, then it's game over. Now, their vision's going black, so the guy with the shield can also run back and cleanse them and basically put up a big bubble that if they're inside of it, then their vision resets. Lots so, of vision bubbles in this game. Lots, lots of vision bubbles. So... These three people all at once, shield guy has to go and kill a bunch of enemies. The, uh, the gun guys have to kill these things floating in the air. The, um, the, guy, uh, the shield guy also needs to clear their vision, and they also need to walk forward because once all the um, floaty things are gone, they need to get through the portal, which you hope is open because the three people who weren't teleported, they need to listen to like which one of the places um, the three people got teleported, run to that portal, open it up, and defend the entrance so that it's open and um, devoid of enemies so that when the guys can finally come out once they've done their business in there. Okay? Wow. Once they've done their business in there, a 30-second timer starts where the guy with the shield can run out, open up his bubble. You get in the bubble. You can't get hurt in the bubble, but you can shoot out at the boss. So w- once all of that's gone right, if you've done it, you have 30 seconds to sit there and fire as hard as you can at the boss. You need to do that about three or four times before the boss fights uh, falls down. And this and this is fun. Super fun. Okay. Like when you can coordinate that and get everybody working together, it is a magical experience. You feel like you've done the impossible. Because when you like first sit there and watch videos of that, you're like, how am I what? How are we ever supposed to like work together to do something like that? And then you're like, you get on it, you're like, all right, who's comfortable with the shield? I'm good with the shield. I'll take that. I need a cleanse. Boom. Hey, we're on Venus. Everybody go to the right. Open that portal up. Is a portal up? Is a portal up? Hey, there's a guy on the right. I need you to do this over here. And it's just like constant like coordination. Leaders kind of emerge during the raid and say like, all right, I'm going to tell you where to go. Uh, there's other parts where like you have to defend three different things. So you break into groups of two and which groups you break into determines like, okay, I've got a really good sniper. I've got a really, you know, you've got a really good sniper. We don't need to be together because we're going to need to snipe other guys here. And I, and I feel like I could go on and on, but the, the encounter is so much more unique. There's a lot of other things where it's like, Really, every other mission is like, yeah, it helps if you have other people, but you could theoretically do it by yourself if you're good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, there's there's weapons that are good and bad, but you can pretty much kind of do it with whatever. Here, it really feels like, yeah, you've like you've really got to like communicate with people and do something really unique, and you feel like the coolest person ever if you're if you're able to like solve these. They're they're not just they're puzzles. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're not just shooters. They're like really cool, interesting puzzles. So as the last question, then, so that we yeah, can move on we should Destiny. get off of Destiny. We should. Do you think that the initial criticisms levied at Destiny regarding the amount of content are are still valid in some ways or are they negated by the, the dynamic ways you get to play this game? And who who does this game become for then? So they are still totally valid. Like for all this said, like. The, it is a testament to how fun the mechanics are and how meaningful the different weapons and loot are and how good the levels that they have in there are that I put up with um, a lack of content. Mm-hmm. Um, these are still totally valid. And it is unfortunately true. You kind of have to put a lot into Destiny to get a lot out of it. Um if you are looking to just kind of experience the levels and the story, um, it's going to be pretty disappointing because how cool the level design is doesn't really 
surface until you've like tried to do it with a bunch of different weapons Mm -hmm. and you're like oh wow like all of these encounters i can really come at from a lot of different ways that's really impressive bungie that's that's really cool um the guns don't feel meaningful until you're a very high level like it just it as you are playing through the game the first time you're like oh the stats are a little bit better on this one Mm -hmm. not like ooh damage with this recharges my grenades but this one has more in the magazine but it hits lower like it's really now about how what's your play style what perks do you want that doesn't surface itself until later um the game would absolutely benefit from more content like like hugely um you know now i've gotten to the point where every week what you can do resets and the stuff that will drop loot resets and once i kind of do that stuff i don't really have that much interest in playing anymore Mm -hmm. um i've seen the multiplayer maps so much that i'm i'm getting a little a little bored of them um so, uh, I guess it matters a little less once you play it more, but, um, I, I don't know how much of, of destiny there really is for somebody who's not going to play it a whole, whole lot. I, I will never play destiny a whole, whole lot. Yeah. I just know it. So mm-hmm. at this point, I mean, you know, it's already going for 40. You know, it'll probably be 20 or 30 and, and mechanically it's interesting enough at a low price and not that long that I think you'd have fun with it. Um, but yeah, I also, one of the things interesting now is having played it a lot, I would know how to get to the higher levels way faster. Like I'd be like, Oh, I wasted a lot of time doing this. I really shouldn't have put any points into that. I should just like have done this and done this and done this. And I've gotten there like three times as fast. I don't know if it would have been as fun, like yeah, learning say, and exploring point, and stuff. Efficiency is not necessarily fun. No. Um, but it's, it's a, I'll tell you this, there are warts in this game. It's not going to be like my game of the year or anything. It'd be probably my top five. (laughs) Uh, bazing. Um, well, cause I know what my game of the year would be. Uh, but I think that it's a really, really unique game, like, and a, and a very special game. And I'm curious to see how it evolves and grows with these expansions that are coming out. There's an expansion coming out Tuesday. Um, and, and what lessons they'll take and what will happen in Destiny 2. Cool. Yep, yep, yep. So I have two two games then that are uh, games where you run to a, a person with an exclamation mark over their head and then you get a quest and then yeah. you go do the thing and you turn it in. Okay. Oh, duh, of course. I just saw your thing. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that was this year. Um, I'll talk about Borderlands just because it's more related at this point. Yes, and I would like to, you talk a lot too. I have Borderlands the pre-sequel and I've only played like 2 hours. Mm-hmm. Um Borderlands the pre-sequel was hard for us to get going because I was out of town the weekend that I came out and then the weekend following that. And by that time Jimmy had finished the game. So we were at different places and then yes. I was like, well, I'll just try to do some single player. So I picked it up for PlayStation 3 as we discussed on mm-hmm. episode yeah, we 16. And I bought a, a PS4 controller, which I don't love, by the way. That's really shocking. I, I think it's just fantastic. I feel like the thumbsticks are too far apart. Like, I feel like there's there's too much controller in between how how wide I hold my hands. Okay. Um, it, it's probably just the size of hands thing. I, I, I wonder if that's the case. I think so. Because you have, okay. you have much bigger hands, and Jimmy has much bigger hands than I do. You have much bigger balls of white light. I just realized that. I'm like, this makes... <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Um, anyway, so I played a, a, 
a bunch of that at this point. I don't remember where I am because it's been a little while, but I would say I'm somewhere in the mid, maybe like level 17, 16, 17 or something like that, I'm guessing. Right. I'm playing as Nisha. She's the the law bringer. And her Mm -hmm. skill is that she has like effectively like a, a dead eye mode where when you activate the skill, it will automatically aim at enemies and then you just shoot them as fast as you can. Hmm. And so if you're like in a bunch of enemies or even if you're like far away from them, you know, you have a pistol or a sniper rifle, you just hammer on the button as fast as you can. And you're effectively like firing off shots as if you were, uh, you know, like cocking the hammer on a, a revolver or something like cool Western style. Cause she's supposed to be the Western character. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Cowboy character. So that stuff can go down pretty quickly. Um, Overall, there are things about the game I really like. I, I'm finding that the ability to like jump and hover in midair, like the low gravity, works pretty well. And it's a nice change of pace from the other game. It doesn't slow things down. And they also have systems in place where when you're in the air and you have like a special relic equipped, it'll do more damage. It's like always trying to jump and fire at people because it's going to be doing more damage. Well, that's cool. So that's neat. Um, there's relics that play with the... The oxygen, so there are places... When you're out in space, you have a helmet and you have a limited amount of oxygen. Never really a problem in the game. But there are places where you can turn on an oxygen bubble or where you're inside and there's there's oxygen. So when you're out in the open where there's no atmosphere, you can't use like incendiary weapons. They, things don't catch on fire because there's no oxygen to set on fire. So you have to think about the way you're playing a little differently. It doesn't make a huge difference in the end. Uh, like corrosive weapons still do corrosive damage, exploding. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's that's basically all the same. The thing that I note about it is that I'm kind of going through the motions as I'm playing it and enjoying what I'm doing, but not having like that fun Borderlands experience. Yeah. And I, and I don't know if that's just because I'm tired of it. Like, it's not a bad game. So that's that's not it at all. And unlike, unlike Borderlands 2, which made tons of meaningful changes mechanically and then some negative changes aesthetically in terms of, you know, the story. Mm-hmm. Um, in this game, the all the worlds are, f- like, really f- dull. It's, like, f- flat. Not, like, totally. flat, plain flat, but just you're on the moon, so everything looks like the moon. There's no real variation between the different I thought that regions. Was such, I thought that was such a good change from Borderlands 1 to 2. Because two introduced all kinds of different climates, you know, you were in the desert for basically all of Borderlands one, and they start right. you in the snow, and then you're going through all sorts of different, you know, worlds. Borderlands two, even though you're, I mean, you're doing the same thing in Borderlands all the time, right. but it felt they did a good job of making it feel different. Because then you feel like you're making some progress. You feel like you're going somewhere new. And right. This is I'm just. Dis- yeah. Go ahead. This is kind of hard to distinguish between the two there, um, and maybe you know it's only my first playthrough, so you don't get to know everything as well as you do. Totally. Um, but it all just like, kind of seems haphazard in those cases. And I, I don't have a good sense of where everything is in relation to everything else. Like I might in another game where, you know, climates kind of bleed into each other. Right. Everything I, is just I, a teleport point. I, I felt the same way. And again, I've played a lot less than you. I kind of two takeaways. One, it's just it's just unfortunate to play it after Destiny. I mean, it couldn't. it's a very different game. Right. But they're, they're shooters, man. Borderlands has never been about like the quality of the shooting. It's always been kind of fine, right? But when you compare it to a game where like like Call of Duty or whatever, like that's your deal. It's like whew, it's a little rough. So change. So going from one to the other, I was like, I need to play like an RPG or something in the middle of it to like mm-hmm. cleanse myself. And then the other one, I was just like, I was like, I don't feel like starting over. <laughs> I want to be like a big powerful character. Right. 
already. You, you don't get a third weapon slot until, I don't know how many hours into the game. We'll say like <sighs> seven, seven, eight hours into the game. Maybe it's maybe it's always been that long. It probably has been. It has. It was just like, uh, <laughs> oh, no. But what? It, it is one of those things like we, people who are buying the pre-sequel, I'm going to say most of them have played other Borderlands games. Totally. And so you don't need to tutorialize stuff as much and you do not need to um you know pace it out such that that feels like there's a progression to it like right. just go go ahead and give us give us all the weapon slots we that know, makes we know no, what it makes doing. no sense why Ugh, that's i do not like that design decision um the other thing about it is that the borderlands 2 had a bad story mm-hmm. this game has a fine plot but mm-hmm. there's nothing that's particularly funny in it and I think yeah. it, one of the things about Borderlands is that it kind of has an irreverent humor in the first game. The DLCs have all been really spot on. The second game had some hit and miss humor, stuff people liked, stuff people didn't like. But this just doesn't even try to go for it anymore. That's so strange. Like, Borderlands is... The great thing about Borderlands is it's over the top. It's totally ridiculous. The mm-hmm. DLC has always done a great job of embracing that. Um, the The guns and some of the bosses have done good jobs with that. But that was where like Borderlands Two felt so tone deaf. Like, what are you doing? Right. And, and this so, and this game, everyone just seems really generic. It's, like things should always be insane and on fire, right. And unbelievable and chaotic. There are there are no new characters that I've encountered that I've liked in the same way that you leave a Borderlands Two. You're like, ah, Hammerlock. Hammerlock's really funny. Hundred percent. Yep. Like the funniest character in the pre sequel is Mr. Torg, who we've seen Absolutely. before, and he's funny for the same reasons that he's normally funny because he's shouting. Yep. Uh, which uh, makes you funny. and his DLC is so great. Oh god! Yeah, and and there is some there are some good moments in the game. Um, there's like a, a bit where you have to participate in a slam dunk contest. That's pretty funny. I like that. Yep. Um, but you know those things seem fewer and further between than normal. Bummer. Um, which is not to say it's bad. It's just kind of bland. Uh, it doesn't. It it feels like a full game in terms of pacing and. Amount of content. Um, amount of content, yeah. So it doesn't feel like they could have just done this as DLC, but it also, like, there's there's a reason why it has a subtitle and it's not a Borderlands 3, even gotcha. even outside of the, the scope of when it comes in the timeline. And Handsome Jack in this game isn't so bad. Um, the, thing He's a, do- the, the, thing, the thing that I don't understand about that, though, Handsome Jack is a terrible character. So even, like, like I just really actively disliked him coming in Borderlands 2. Mm-hmm. So even if they can fix some of the plot things and make him not as bad, I'm like, you're still telling me a story about a character that I don't give a fuck about. Yeah, like, he, he he is barely... I mean, the game is barely about him. Like, Okay, good. Aside from the fact that the, the plot of the game revolves around his rise to power, mm-hmm. you are interacting with him very rarely. That's appealing. <laughs> yes, you, you spend most of the game away from him. In fact, the game is told as a flashback... Um, yeah, it's really weird. From one of the four playable characters, right? Yes, but not the character you're playing as. Which is super dumb. It's it's being told by, I think, Athena, the ninja character, okay. is, is telling the flashback. But she's telling the flashback of the events that you're playing as a different character, as if those were her events. I don't know why they didn't just write four different... It doesn't happen all that often. Just write like four different branches of dialogue. Or totally. Of script. I'm I'm playing as Wilhelm because... I want. I just want the turret equivalents yeah. always. That's worked out for me twice. So I, I need to go and play that at some point. Probably not for a little while. 
the, we've got other good things on deck. The, the weirdest thing is that Jimmy and I played at some point multiplayer. He popped in. He has a second mm-hmm. character. And I don't I don't know if my mic will work with the PlayStation 4 controller. I've never tried to do anything with a PlayStation 4 controller in the mic, microphone. Right. So he hopped in the game. It was, like, totally silent. We never communicate with each other except for, like, I think I sent one text message to him. Uh-huh. And then it was mostly just, like, bunny bunny hop and point and shoot to try to coordinate things. But we were fucking getting it done. Like, we were on the same page. It just That's all awesome. came back. It's like, all right, he's getting that car. I'm going to get it. And he drives car. off. I'm like, okay, I need this car. I'm going to drive off. I'm Let's like, roll. We're going to the same place. Of course, we need two different cars. I'm not going to. Um, oh, I like that a lot. There was one of those missions where you have to do, like, visit a certain number of waypoints in a specific amount of time. You know, you're, you're delivering mail, like the equivalent of that. And that was something that he couldn't do on his own. So he had popped in with his, like, high-level character just to, just to do that. And I knew exactly what we needed to do. And Fantastic. so he went one direction. I went the other direction. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I wonder if that would be more fun playing it, getting some more multiplayer going on. I think so. I think typically I've never... we've played that, those games the first time through by ourselves. Definitely both games. Yep, absolutely. And then and... started alts or, or do. And we've done the DLC together the first times, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I, I think this game would have benefited from that. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hop on. But that's my Borderlands TPS. There you go. All right, in the interest of time, I'm going to go rapid fire through a bunch of these games on my list. Yeah. Okay. So I played, I did my annual Call of Duty playthrough. Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. I played the single player. Um, I highly recommend this game to everybody. I was extremely thoroughly impressed. I wanted to, to Redbox it. I was like, oh yeah, I'll Redbox it. It'll look awesome. I don't have uh, Xbox One or PlayStation 4. Nope. So it did not seem worth it to play the inferior version of this game. No, because no, a lot of the, uh, <coughs> the graphics are incredible yeah so i decided not to do that like everybody keeps talking about how good assassin's creed unity looks which i do not agree with Hmm. like maybe i have different eyes or something i think the design is beautiful like there's a lot of like art direction choices that are fantastic but in terms of like raw graphical power i'm like i don't i don't know what y'all are talking about Hmm. advanced warfare looks totally incredible like the character models are like starting to like get out of the uncanny valley um in a way that's like incredibly impressive. Um, so the first thing let's talk about. So the shooting is good like it always is in Call of Duty. The mission design is um, better than usual. Like very tight sequences. Mm-hmm. Like kind of what I always come to the Call of Duty single player for. It's just maybe maybe my favorite campaign ever. Certainly the best since Modern Warfare 2. Um, wow. The story works. I don't want to oversell it. They, it is a very simple story, very well told. For the first time in a Call of Duty, I am always, I was always one hundred percent sure where I was going and why I was doing it, mm-hmm. as opposed to just like crazy stuff happening in between missions and then we're throwing you somewhere else. Um, Kevin Spacey was a smart decision. Like he brings to the party a really good villain whose motivations are well understood. And, and feels like a very real character. Can you separate him from being Kevin Spacey? Is he Kevin Spacey in the game? And then you're like, that's Kevin Spacey talking? Or is it, oh, there's the evil guy. Oh, right, well, it's done by Kevin Spacey. When you see, like, Tom Hanks in a movie, mm-hmm. you're immediately like, Tom Hanks, hi there. And it's his job as a good actor to make you forget that you're looking at an incredibly famous person. Right. That's, that's what Kevin Spacey does there. Okay. 
Like, so for two seconds, you're like, holy shit, it's Kevin Spacey. That's really weird. And then you're like, oh, no, this is like my friend's dad, who is like also this evil master manipulator and like corporate douchebag guy. So, I mean, to answer your question, like, yes, he does an excellent job acting. Um, yes, they do an excellent job rendering him in believable right. ways. I don't know how much of it is motion capture or whatever, but because you know, in a movie, I mean, we still there, there are certain like expectations and literacies of how we we watch movies and what we think about when we watch movies. And there's still right. a novelty to seeing someone who is rendered digitally. Like, so when you watch um, the Polar Express, totally, you, you think that's Tom Hanks. And it's super weird because he's playing multiple roles. So, like, that's Tom Hanks, and that's Tom Hanks, and that's Tom Hanks. But So there's definitely a novelty there, but, like, um, yeah, that kind of wears off, and and you just kind of becomes the character. Obviously, like, like you're right. Like, they're they're bringing all of their roles with them, and everything you know about him is there. Because I watched Horrible Bosses 2 last weekend. Uh Uh-huh. And when Kevin Spacey's in that movie, that's Kevin Spacey in that movie. I'm like, yeah, Kevin Spacey's in jail. Despite the fact he was in the first movie as a character, like this, right. just, it is now just There's Kevin Spacey. I I don't know. I I was really impressed with the whole package of that game. It's the most meaningful one I've played in a long time. I I really want to play it. You should play it. And I, I I need to have the opportunity to play it. Well, that's a game you could totally play on campus too. Like again, yes, good call. I mean, it's a you know. I'm not doing shit this week. There you go, man. It's <gasps> like a five hour game, six hour game. You maybe, you could beat it in a sitting. You might get tired of it. But maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll go to campus tomorrow and pick it up on Redbox. Why not, man? Hmm. You could totally do it. It's it's not difficult either. Okay. Good. I played on normal. Yeah. Not difficult. So there's that. Okay, I played through the swapper on um PS4. We uh played through it all the way. That's a fantastic game. I don't want to talk about it too much. You've talked about it before. I briefly had started on PC. Wow. That game works brilliantly with a controller, by the way. I did not like it with a controller. Um, but it is it is designed to be played with a controller. Mm-hmm. It's it it's is, kind of like Portal Two. Yep, it works just fine. Right. Uh, but in line with with something like a Portal Two or a Braid or something, what a special game! Mm-hmm. Cool little story, neat decisions you can make. Great puzzles. Uh huh. Did you uh, did you swap at the end? Yes, I did. Good. Yep, it's the correct decision. Everybody should play that. Keep, and what a going. cool what a cool trend of these games coming to consoles. <laughs> like so people who have missed them. I just I just love the idea of people make these indie games and there's like a life to them and and they there's efforts being made to bring it to new audiences. Right. I think that's so awesome. And and one of the great things about this too is that means well, like you said the the life to them it is so easy for any of these games just to get lost forever. Right. When when it only comes out on one system and there's like a month where people are talking about it and it's gone. Right, exactly. They come out on Steam, and it's like, hey, this is a really good game. You should check it out. And it gets lost in the world of Steam. Maybe some resurgence after a Steam sale or something. But 20, it's nice 2014's 2013 game of the year. Yep. Exactly. But then you got Sony picking it up and saying, like, hey, come to you know, come to our console and stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um, getting a lot of folks, especially on a new console. Oh, so good. So good. Um, uh, yeah. Wii, Wii U Roundup. Oh. oh. What do you want? Okay. No, I'm going to leave this because you're going to talk about a game. Yep. And then and I'm going to talk okay. about this game. So okay. not yet. I'm going to do a Wii U roundup real fast. But do, hang on. We need. Uh... Wii U roundup. Meow. All right. So I played a bunch of Mario Kart 8, which is a really fun Mario Kart game. 
I don't mean to be so reductive, but you, uh, you talked about that I think on a previous podcast. Okay, yes, because I I played it over at a uh, friend's house. I okay. have it now myself. I've been playing it a lot on the room on the gamepad. It's great, so I don't talk about that much. Super Mario 3D World. Um, I'm now two worlds into that. Fantastic game. I mean, uh, it definitely feels like 3D land, but super pretty. The cat suit is awesome. Like a really meaningful, smart change. Um, Despite I've the always, fact that it's a cat? It's, yeah. I mean, like like the bee suit from um, the Wii Mario games. The Galaxy? Uh, the Galaxy games. I'm, su- I'm su- surprised and impressed by, like, here's this one little gameplay mechanic, and let's actually make it, like, really cool. So the cats can, like, crawl up things. So there's these, like, very vertically oriented levels or things where you need to, like... Um, make things go up so you can just with the cat suit crawl up. And if you don't have a cat suit, nah, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the toad levels are really fun. It makes you want to play Captain Toad. Um, but it, but it's very much in line with kind of Nintendo's gameplay style where the levels seem, there's some challenge to them, but the real challenge is getting the three secret green stars in every level and not just getting to the flagpole. Right. It's very similar to the Queen's secret exits and- Yeah. So that's a blast. Um, and then I've been playing a smidge of Metroid Fusion. Good for you. What brought on, that on? You, it was on sale um, over Black Friday for like five bucks. And I was like, I'll buy that game. Yeah, I picked up so, Metroid 2 on that sale. Here's the thing. As good as the Mario games are, and I've been playing all this on the gamepad. Um, Wii U is secretly the world's best Game Boy Advance emulator. Holy crap. Metroid Fusion was always a good game. Um, I actually went and bought Wario Land 4 too and played a little bit of that. Nice. Blown up on the big screen or even on the gamepad, games look so pretty. Hmm. Oh, man. It like, makes you want to revisit all of the Game Boy Advance games ASAP. Can we, have a, can we just have a weekend? Gosh. We'll, do, just play we'll do a four-day weekend games? and we can just hang out at your place and play Game yes, Boy Advance games. Totally. I'm, I'm way into that. I'm way into that. Uh, like a, a secret amazing use of the Wii U is how good those games look. It is very cool having those on bright high-res screens. Oh, so good. So good. Awesome. All right. So I just did a whole crap ton of games. Yeah, you did. I will do now you've got some games. Okay. You I want to do the I, same thing? So I have a, yeah, I have a long, a long one and a bunch of short ones. Yeah. Um, I'll do the short ones first. So a couple things I played randomly. Um, on Halloween, I picked up Costume Quest 2. How was that? It made me remember why I, I have a, a memory of fondness for Costume Quest. But it's not actually a good game. A, co- a costume quest is a good game, but I remember being way too long. It's, like I, I definitely remember finishing costume quest out of a sense of obligation. Right. It is the the combat is effectively the same in this game as the last game. There there are a couple of minor minor tweaks to it. Um, it does the Mario and Luigi style. You hit the or Paper Mario style. You hit the button mm. as you're doing the attack to do yes. a bonus attack and defense. Um, the characters are all really cute the writing is fantastic uh, as you would expect from a, a double, double fine game. slash midnight city game yep but yeah i was like oh right i i've had enough so i didn't i did not finish it okay um but it's cute i i would like to finish it at some point maybe like next halloween i'll pick it up again nice <laughs> you know um i played pt <sighs> too scary I couldn't make it through the trailer for PT. I played it with I played it with two other people on the couch. Did you finish it? Uh, so I had to leave 15 minutes before we finished it. Oh no! But I um, so when I sat down, I had not I didn't know anything about it. I knew there was a game that was a trailer game for Silent Hill. That's all I right. knew. 
Okay. And one of the people we're playing with had played it twice or had had two sessions with it. Um, and it wasn't for a little while that we figured out that there was a like, pre-scripted way to progress through the game. Like you were That's solving right. a puzzle. Right. So if you're unfamiliar with PT, it's this playable trailer for Silent Hill, the new Silent Hill game. And you wake up in a room, you exit the room, you're in a hallway in a house where something's clearly gone wrong. You walk down the hallway, you turn the corner, you know, it's got tons of spooky atmosphere. You, the only thing you can do at that point is exit out a door on the other side of the hallway. So it's the hallway wraps around. And then you come out the first doorway again. So each time you're coming through the, those doorways, um, the environment can change a little bit. And as you start to interact with things in the environment, which you only do by looking at stuff, um, the, the, the scenario changes, the scene changes. So everything you do to change the, the world just depends on what you're looking at. Uh, and it gets it gets crazy. I'm I've never been into horror games, and usually because most horror games, aside from stuff like Amnesia, but a lot of the horror games have typically been about the survival aspect of survival horror, and not just mm-hmm. like re, like super creepy atmosphere and right. like that has all been on top of it. But then you remember you're playing a game, and there are times mm-hmm. when I forgot I was playing a game. So super freaked out. One really great jump scare got me, like. It got me. I I I, sh- I screamed. Well, you're not like not like a shriek. It was like ha, ah! right. And then you, then you laugh. You're like, oh my god, like I a jump scare just 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 nailed me. And I should have seen it coming, and yet it got me. Or I expected there to be a jump scare, but still got me. Um, so that was a lot of fun and and really traumatizing. Uh, I I actually suggest. I suggest really? playing it. Yeah. Oh man, I hate jump scares i hate being scared it's so much there's only one jump scare the rest of the game or there was one jump scare that got me but the rest of the game is just like the really uncomfortable atmosphere of something that has gone horribly wrong and i you you like don't want to learn anymore like no i don't want to know what happened i i can't know what happened because uh it's too messed up so i play pt um i played Attack of the Friday Monsters. Okay. So at some point, I'm trying to remember when this was. They definitely came out over the summer, but uh, there was a bunch of games produced by Level 5, the people who made Dragon Quest Nine, the Layton mm-hmm. games, uh, a handful of other stuff. So they came out with a bunch of small games that they released for the 3DS eShop. And one was Crimson Shroud. It was like a, a tabletop RPG type game. I bought game. that. Yeah. yeah, they released Starship Damray, Arrow Porter, which is a like baggage handling puzzle game. That's pretty fun. I bought that. And then they okay. released this game called Attack of the Friday Monsters. All right. And it's a game where you play as a kid who's relatively new to you know the small town in Japan. And the thing that happens is there's a TV station in the town and it's where they produce like monster movies. Right. You, you find out they're producing monster movies. And the the whole point of the game is that the kids are all afraid. It's supposed to take place in the seventies. The kids are all afraid that the monsters are real, like that hmm. they're going to be like big Japanese style. Uh, what are they called? Not gai, gaiju. I can't remember. Hmm. Big the big monsters, like big Godzilla style monsters. Right. So all the kids are talking about you know how, how these monsters are going to appear. So it's you running around the town, you know, talking with people um, to advance the plot forward. In the meantime, you're you're picking up little collectible cards so that you can play a collectible card game with your friends. And when you play that card game with your friends, if you beat them in the card game, then they become um, 
your servant, I think it's called, something like that. Okay. And then depending on who is your servant, the, the plot will be progressing in different directions. So it's like, oh, now my friend's my servant. So like I can talk to them a different way. And then I go talk to this other person. They're like, oh, I see that, you know, that kid is now, you know, you beat that kid in the game. So now I will give you more respect. It's just a cute little game that's mostly running around talking to people and playing this mini game as you advance the plot forward. Yeah, I would not say anyone has to go out and immediately play it, but uh, it was really charming. Yeah. And and I like how constrained it was because it was made for this this series of games that were supposed to be I, just test beds for it's, ideas. It's such a cool idea. I'm glad Nintendo's supporting that. Like little weird ideas that, and they can't sustain a whole game, but for a couple bucks, a little bit of your time. Yeah. Like experiment with this weird thing that people made. And like, and there's systems in there that are very strange. So one of the things that you can do is when someone becomes your servant, um, you like cast a spell on them. You say like a, a series of words, but you can change whatever that dialogue is just for fun. I don't know what it means or why you sure. like, there's no you know mechanical reason to do that. Um, but it's like, like stand up, fall down, like, uh, you know, a bunch of nonsense noise. Like it's supposed to be a bunch of nonsense noise, like as if you're casting a spell. Right. Uh, so I, I really liked that. Uh, I think maybe Jimmy had played some of it or a bit of it. Uh, it's cute. Totally cute. Awesome. And then... Okay. I played... Uh, hashtag War on Threes. Hashtag Freedom Isn't Free. Hashtag What Is... What did, Campbell said something great to me. Hang on a second. Did you see freedom? Freedom isn't three. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, Campbell says, friend of the show, good friend of the show, Campbell says, let freedom ring. Let freedom ring. Amazing. Um, so not only is that game coming to Xbox One, and yeah. only did they make a special red edition of it. <sighs> yes, I've been, I, I saw that. My little icon turned red. I was like, what the heck's going on, threes? I'm like, oh, okay. So right. the person who created threes... Um, or one of the creators of threes made a new game that I played at when I went to IndieCade. I went to IndieCade. Hey. That was so long ago, it's not worth talking about. Uh, but it's a game called Close Castles, and it's supposed to be a tiny RTS that's played on a small grid. And okay. I, it is it is charming. Right. It has the great, it has wonderful graphics, and I just could not get into the gameplay. I thought it was... Oh, well, no. I'm going to say I, I thought it was bad when I played it. Now, okay. who knows at what point in the development I played it, and maybe I missed something, like there should have been a better tutorial... Any number of those things that could make a game that's a good idea better, but I missed that. So there's a game coming out called Close Castles. I played a little bit of it, but I, I'm helping to fight the war on threes. I like it. Gotta take down those threes, make those guys. Maybe they can make a sequel to threes mm-hmm. called More Threes. <laughs> Just threes again. Threes again. Okay. So the, the there are two big games I've been playing. Then it's what I spent most of my time with. Okay. So do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Digital Roots? Let's do that first. Okay. Let's talk about Digital Roots. So, Digital Roots, nonary games, seeking ways out. You have completed 999. Yes. Right? So, Um, you played 999 before Magfest. Right. So, we should... I I think timeline is, I played 999, fallen in love with it, gushing about it. Mm -hmm. At Magfest, I handed off Adam's copy to you. Correct. Um. After, immediately after Magfest, you started some 999. I played through Virtue's Last Reward, the sequel to 999. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how are we? Gonna, so obviously, so I want I want to ask questions about spoilers. Now, yeah. Virtue's Last Reward, obviously, I'm going to talk in the abstract about. Right, because I will. I will play it. 
999, we both know everything. And boy, howdy, if you haven't played 999, you should go play 999 like immediately. Yeah. I started playing 999 when I got on an airplane flying to L.A. Right. Okay. You had at some point said the first puzzle is the hardest puzzle in the game. Uh, it is the hardest puzzle in the game. So I got on an there's, air. There's maybe one other one. The the one near the end that combines a lot of puzzles. That one's pretty hard too. In the room, the the, the four puzzles in the room. Yeah. Okay. I thought that one was pretty tricky. I thought that was easy actually. But the, the first puzzle in the game is is the hardest puzzle in the yeah, game. Yeah, first puzzle in the game is the hardest game. So I get on an airplane. I don't have Wi-Fi. And I'm like, all right, let's get into this. And then I spend like an hour in that first room just trying and they, to... And they dump you in it. Like there's a little bit of narrative, but then it's like, nope, you're in this room. Seek a way out. Yeah. So you wake up, you are on, a, it sounds like a creaking ship, like a big tanker ship. You wake up in a cell or a bedroom cell, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Got to find a way out. And it's a puzzle game. Walk. So you look around the environment, you just move the camera. You don't walk around it. You tap on things. It will you know, reveal information about those things, if they're important or not, give you some narrative context, some clues, add to the story atmosphere, etc. But typically there's a puzzle you need to solve to move on to the next room. So the first room happens. And I like the puzzle in it is a series of symbols that relate to a code, like a numerical code. And I'm on the airplane with a pencil and like a ripped out sheet of Sky Mall magazine because that's the yeah. only paper I had. Well, you like, need paper and pencil for this game, for do- sure. Doodling and rotating and trying to solve it. Eventually, I figure out that I can use Google search and only Google search on my phone to get to the Google results page, but I can't click on any other link. That's the Wi-Fi that's working without having to pay for Wi-Fi. Okay. So I'm Google searching keywords that I think would in the, the two sentence search result reveal the answer to this fucking puzzle because I was doing it the right way. I just couldn't. The reason exactly the first puzzle is so hard is it does a super bad job. Like I I found like there was something like two things that were clickable that did not look clickable. For- like there is. So half of the puzzle is in a closet. No idea it was a closet. Oh, it yeah. It looked like a wall. Yeah. Like an, And it was like in the corner of the picture. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's another briefcase in there. Oh, my God. There's, like, and the, yeah. That that took me a little or while to find that. But the also mirror just, you can click on. Right. That didn't look clickable. I was like, wait, that there's like another room over here yeah. that like has a bunch of crap? Okay. And and that's when you learn like, okay, I just need to tap everywhere on the screen. Everything. If it's an yep. object on the screen, just tap on it just to see yep. what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, every single pillow click on even even like the one pixel all the way to the right of the screen just tap on that just in case because every not? once in a while it might change the view of the room yeah. you don't know so uh i did the first finally you know i got the answer to that i was like well fuck i was like this close to getting it right i just hadn't rotated the flags in the right way okay so got out of the first room and then i played a, a bunch of it while i was in la and then i stopped for a while can't remember why i stopped i stopped for a while and then you I, had not yet beaten it the first time correct i've i've been maybe halfway through well, the first mm-hmm. time i stopped so then i picked it back up after that and then continued through it um so the the, the structure of 999 is that you're intended to play through multiple times you don't necessarily know that the first time you're playing i knew that because you told me because we talked about it on the right. podcast um but it is it is meant for you to play through multiple times and you kind of have a feeling that that might happen because as you're going along in the game you're you get to make specific choices about effectively which path you want to go down 
That's right. So, Which puzzles you want to solve, who you want to hang out with. So the, the basic plot of the game is not only do you wake up in this little cabin in a ship, uh, you come out into the uh, staircase area, like a lobby area once you do that, and there are a bunch of other characters there. And then all of a sudden, everyone's trying to figure out what are we doing here? Why? How do we all end up together on this cruise liner or ship, whatever it is, creek in the middle of the ocean? Then as you're chatting, a voice comes over the radio and says, hey, I'm Zero. I'm the one who kidnapped you all and put you here. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to play, oh. play a game. And uh, the game is called The Nunnery Game, and it's effectively everyone has to work together because if you don't work together, uh, you have wristbands on little bracelets on that have explosive devices and so you could be instantly detonated and be killed with your explosive device so play by the rules or die that's the way the game works um so you start talking with the characters and it explains to you how how it's limiting which characters are allowed to go down which different paths based on what's called digital roots no. Yeah, so the mechanic of the game is really weird. So everybody has a number, one through nine, and then there are doors that have a number. And the only you need three to five people who have a digital root of that number. What's a digital root? Well, digital root is you add up the number, you add up all the numbers, and then you add up the digits of that number till you get to a single digit. So, for example, if you had nine and three and two, nine plus three plus two is 14, one plus four is five, the digital root is five. Correct. So that's the door that you would go through and you need all those people to go through. You go through the door. Everyone taps in on the uh, the red, which is what the receiver is called. You tap in on the red. Door opens. You have to go find the dead, which is a receiver on the other side to lock the door. And then once everyone is in, then you have to find a way out or seek a way out, I should say. Seek a way out. Seek a way out. Uh, so the game then becomes about two things. It's a It's a puzzle game in which you are tapping around a room, pixel hunt style, trying to piece things together that would allow you to unlock a door, find a yeah, key. Yeah, very, very adventure game style. And the puzzles, I think, are, are for the most part, very good. Yeah, they, are, they, they never get in the way, for nope. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, once you figure out how to do them, yeah, it becomes relatively easy to execute on them in the future. Right, uh, absolutely. But then, Once you kind of struggle to one or two, you're like, ah, I figure out how these games work. Let's but, go. But then the point of it is that by going down a specific route, you are interacting with you know, these individual characters, learning more about their stories, and beginning to piece together how all everyone on the ship fits together. Right. The The very best thing about 999 is you kind of start with no knowledge, and by the end of the game, the true ending, nothing is random. Everything is meaningful. You learn everything about all of the eight other characters. Mm-hmm. You learn who Zero is what their motivations are, where you are, why you're there, what it is, all this like huge rich history coming out in like really good pacing. And it's just so satisfying. Right. Like everything comes together. Um, like you said, even, even the mechanic of replaying um, becomes very meaningful. So the first time you play, even the mechanic of solving the puzzles is meaningful. Yeah. It's not just like there. Cause it's a video game. Right. You're like God, that's so smart. So the, the first time you play through, you just go down whatever path feels right. You pick whichever characters you want to go with. There's no consequence for how the ending turns out. Or it's all consequences, one or the other. Right. We, right. You're going to, by that you mean, you're going to get some sort of like bad, unsatisfying ending. Right. You will, you're like, oh, the, like this game just abruptly stopped. But like, along the way, you will have probably learned at least one thing that is intriguing. We're like, oh, like right. there's this part of this character that we didn't know about at the beginning of the game. I want to know more. Totally. Um, so... 
I can't remember, you know, it doesn't matter who I went with the first time. Went through that. I learned one really cool thing. Mm-hmm. And then I had that knowledge going into the second playthrough. Right. So one thing we should say with these playthroughs, you have to replay the puzzles, which kind of stinks. But any dialogue you've seen before, you can warp through at lightning. Speed, yes, yes. You hold on a button, which is and it crucial. Just, and, it, and it does all the dialogue, and it does all the animations, but just does them at hyper fast speed. And it's nice because you like kind of get a refresher, especially if it's been like, oh, it's been like eight hours since I saw this beginning part. Okay, yep. All right, all right. I remember yeah. all this. Great, great. And it's cool because it, it'll automatically just stop once it gets to something new but, and start being normal pace again. But eighty percent of the game is reading. Yes, it is totally. Yeah, it's had to be that. And that's, that. That's the genre it's in. So you go. I th- think go through. Which those genre should this be? By the way, like I know they're called like visual novels, which seems like a bad term. Here's the thing for me. It's fine, right? People know when you say visual novel, people know what you're I, talking about. Yes. So genre is just a shortcut to explain how something is to other people. Yep. Um, so and in that case, I guess it perfectly does the job. Right. So it's a, it's go. a it's a visual novel with puzzle mini games scattered mm-hmm. throughout it. Yes, which is fine by me. Yeah. Um, but then I mean, it makes those in the end, it is more than just a visual novel. You come to realize, right. but um, that's I think it's a perfectly good shorthand for describing it. So you play through it once, and then Jay, you recommended to me that there is a spoiler-free walkthrough chart that says if you enter. You know, this door at this point. So the, you start off the game. It's like, okay, you can go through the five door or the six door. Those right. are the two choices. And then there's like three choices after that when everyone comes back together. So the groups are breaking up and coming back together throughout the game as they move through the ship to try to find the exit right. of the ship. Yeah. And once you do it, it basically just says like, okay, you need to pick like this choice, this choice, this choice to get to this ending. And then you go back and pick this choice, this choice, this choice right. to get to the real and, ending. And the game tells you which choices you have and have not made because the things that you've done in previous playthroughs is grayed out. Mm -hmm. So there's not even a loss for like, did I do, I don't remember what I did here. Um, Right. No, it's like, here you go. You may forget like, Oh, door five was, you know, this room that I had been in right before. It doesn't matter. But um, I think I don't, I did not see every room in the game. Me neither. Cause you don't, you can, but you You, probably won't. I wonder if there's an efficient way to do that. I bet you could do it yeah. in four playthroughs. Mm-hmm. They actually, so not to skip ahead. So they solve this in uh, Virtue's Last Reward. You will see every room. Cool. That's nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like there was some puzzles by replaying the game. Because I, I played it inefficiently. I played one extra time that I did not need to. But the route that I played the second time through yeah, was one of the routes that gets you to the true either the true ending or the, the thing leading up to the true ending. So I had to play that twice I, in a row. I think you played the true ending second, which you, is bad because you yeah. need information from a different ending to progress. Right. Cause the game, the game will just like fade to black. Yeah. So, um, well, was, the, will that get into spoiler territory then? Have we explained May. enough of the, the background? I think so. Do you want to say anything about virtual's last reward at this point so we can, or? so yes so i think this is a good time to talk about it. so we've talked about it mechanically so obviously vlr i don't want to talk story wise mm-hmm. um but the mechanic is very different so very much like 999 you uh wake up in a locked room with eight other people and you have to play a new version of the nonary game with somebody named zero and you've been trapped there um, the nonary game works differently. It is a, uh, prisoner's dilemma style game. Mm-hmm. So 
the way it works is everybody has the same wristbands, but everybody's number is three. There's only one door that has a nine on it. Whoever gets to nine can open the door and leave. The door opens once, but as many people as want can go through it. Here's how here's how you can um, change your number. So you have to go solve puzzles. At the end of the puzzle, you get a card that lets you play um, this Prisoner's Dilemma game. So you'll go in a room, and there'll be somebody else in another room. Okay? And you can either choose ally or betray. Okay? Mm-hmm. So there's this grid. If you pick ally and the other person picks ally, both people get two points. If you pick betray and the other person picks betray... Both of you get zero points. If one person picks ally and one person picks betray, the person who picked betray gets three points and the person who picked ally loses two points. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you can see how the choices may come into play as uh, unlike 999 where you play through in these cycles and there's a reason you're playing through in these in these whole cycles. Mm-hmm. In VLR, you can jump. There's this huge, like, that spoiler-free walkthrough I showed you, Mm -hmm. that's basically in the game. And you can click on any of those squares at any point that you want and warp around. And there is a reason why you can warp from point to point to point, from decision to decision point. Mm. So you can do things like pick ally, see what happens, warp back, pick betray, see what happens. Um, If you get to below zero... So instead of your bracelet exploding, there's poison in it. If you get below zero, poison injects in you and you die. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- so that that's mechanically what's going on. Is there is there a set pattern for who is picking betray and ally as you go through, or or how do you how do you get a sense of what to choose? Like, can you set that like I think this person's gonna betray me, so I should yes. choose this other thing. Right. That's built so, into the dialogue and that's built into the dialogue. Okay. Right. There's somebody who like clearly like this person's always gonna try to fuck me over. And you'll learn. The more you like see people, okay, that's you see cool. patterns emerge. But then there'll be times where you'll pick ally and the other person picks betray, and you're like, oh fuck. So you replay like, well, I'm gonna pick betray, and then they picked ally. Ah. And you're like, What? No, I saw you pick betray before. Why would you pick ally? That's cool. This is already this has already happened. That makes no sense. Uh, that's all explained very well. Yeah. So um, that, and that's what these games are particularly, that's what yeah. these games are about. Mm-hmm. One of the nice things, things too, is having played 999, at first it just looks like a similar structure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's immediately, um, you will immediately see characters from the first game. And what's awesome is you're a new character. Um, so me, the player, I'm like, ooh, that's that person. And I know why they're acting real weird. Cause they're like, fuck, this is happening again. <laughs> so chronologically, this game takes place after 999. Mm-hmm. So, but you as the character have no idea who they are. Okay. So you're not playing as the same guy as the, from the first game. Nope. You are 100% you're, you're, new character. You're not ju- jumpy. You're not jumpy. Um, so I, I could tell you some more spoilery things about who these characters are, but I don't want to say, well, we'll talk about that in the yeah. spoiler cast, who they are. Like, and, and I don't think it's spoilers because it's literally like once you leave that first puzzle room, there they are. And you're like, oh, fuck. Okay. Cool. Um, and then by the end of the game, like super, super tight ties to 999. Like um, the only bad thing about VLR is so 999, they tie everything up together. In VLR, they tie things together with clear setups for another game. Yeah, I think so you're like, 
all this is going on because of this of this stuff over here. They're like, what's that stuff over there? That's for 9993. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Okay. All right. So it's not quite as satisfying. Um, but mechanically, it's much better. Because you don't have to replay any puzzles. Um, there is some dialogue warping stuff. There's w- It's way longer. Way. It's like, tw- it took me 35 hours to beat as opposed to 999, which I spent like 17, maybe 14. It was, it was less time with that with. Um, I don't know how much I want to say anymore, but but mechanically it's very same. You're reading a lot. Mm-hmm. You go to these puzzles. Um, the nice thing about the puzzle rooms, ooh, there's two solutions, um, ways to get out in every puzzle room. Every puzzle room set up like this. There's a locked safe. You put in a code in the safe. Okay, one one code. So you, you have to find these codes. One code, which is the like easy code, gets you the key to get out. The other code gets you a dossier full of information. Yeah, some of the information does not immediately make sense um, while you're playing the game, but you'll keep these in like a sub menu during subsequent playthroughs. So um, that that's very cool. And a lot of those things too, like you'll read about stuff. You're like, oh, this was a big plot point from 999. That's really interesting. Why are they telling me this? And then you'll play through some other branch. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe that has come back in this super awesome, crazy way. Um uh, I played, um, so 999 is only for the, uh, DS VLR is for the 3DS and the Vita. Um, I played the 3DS version just because I thought that having the stylus to do all the puzzles was really helpful and really interesting. And I still think I like that. I know that the Vita version has like better graphics and stuff, but I'm not sure if I would like the controls as much as being able to use a stylus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's that's my that's my spoiler-free VLR talk. You should definitely play it. By the way, um, so one other thing I want to say: you don't play that game unless you play nine nine nine. Nine 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 will get spoiled for you quite fast uh, if you have not played it. Um, so nine 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 is available on iOS devices. Yes, but without the puzzle. Without rooms. the puzzles. I, at this point, don't think you should play 999 without the puzzles. I agree. I think... And I think having the two screens is kind of essential. At least for that last puzzle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, the form of it does make sense. But I also think that if you were just reading, you would probably get bored. Like, you just need some... You need something else to break up the action. Right. Um, and I would be interested to know how they do all the dialogue, the incidental dialogue that's in between... Like when you're supposed to be doing the puzzle, like you move from this room to that room and someone like tells you something new. Yeah. Oh, I should also say that, um, uh, VLR fully voice acted, which is a very nice, uh, change. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 999 is, is all, I don't know what the, the, what you would call it. I want to find a, a name for this thing so we could add it to the giant bomb database, but it's effectively like the, like dots and dots and dashes, beep, beep, beeps sounds of dialogue that's appearing un- not unlike a typewriter like when okay co- yeah yeah exactly and there are, ton- there are a ton of games that use that technique for dialogue coming up on the screen um but yeah it is that so the problem is you need to pay attention to that game so yes. you so can't it's worth playing in a big chunk but you can't you can't listen to a podcast while you're doing it but the mm-hmm. the music is repetitive and then that sound is really annoying Yep. So you don't want to listen to it 
at all times either. So I ended up playing it just like silently for a lot of the game. You oh know, no. And, and there are places where, you know, you can turn on and, or I uh, like turn it back on because there'd be sound effects and stuff. But during long right. dialogue sequences, it's like, slide the volume slider all the way mm. down here. Yeah. I actually, I like the music in that game a lot. So I played it with headphones like kind of the whole time. Oh, true. I mean, the music's good. There's just a lot of it. There's a lot of it. A lot of the same stuff. All right. So do you want to start spoiler talk? I think that is a good introduction to what these games are and a good amount of information for someone to to be interested in playing it or not. Okay. So let's set a 10 minute timer right now. Okay. 10 minutes. We'll say if you don't want any of these games spoiled to you because we've now intrigued you and you want to go out and, and buy them. Uh, 999 is inexpensive. VLR is also relatively inexpensive. They're both like 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, VLR was free on PlayStation Plus for a little bit. Mm-hmm. If maybe you you got that, yeah. So two thirty eight ten minute timer. You can skip ahead ten minutes, starting now. Okay, so the two characters that you see immediately, mm-hmm. Clover's there yeah. again for the third time now in the nine 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 games, and uh, Alice is there. Oh, Alice! Wait, yep. Alice! Alice is there. All ice. Cool. Uh, um, yeah, I would. Yes, I'm really so telling you who, want, who Alice you want, is. You want me to be intriguing? There you go. Because I, for a long time, I thought that um, Lotus was Alice. Because they, me too. They, I think that's what they tried to do. Right? You're like, oh, like she's dressed weird, and you know, there's this mummy that's escaped, and who knows? Yeah. And, and no. she has this like weird background. She's being really right. secretive. So that's one of the cool things in a VLR, where like Clover and Alice are like looking at each other, like what the fuck is going on? And they're like, Clover's when you're starting to break up into the groups, Clover's like, I want to go with Alice. I want to go with Alice. And like, I know why, but you know, my character is like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Very cool. All right. So we want to talk about nine, nine, nine. That's the only thing I want to spoil from VLR. So the first thing from nine, nine, nine is that the first ending that I, or the first direction that I went down is I got to know, I think it's seven, it was seven, the big burly dude. Uh, yes. Yeah. He had, uh, with, uh, amnesia. Yeah. With amnesia. So yep. the first time when I played through that, um, he told me that like, he was like, Oh yeah. I have, like the sudden memory that I was like a police officer and I came here before. Yep. And I was like, like well, well, Hey, that's really fucking cool. So yep. That's when I knew that I was going to stick with the game. I was like, mm-hmm. I need to know about this. Totally. Um, the second time through, so since I played it four times, the second time through, I learned a bunch of stuff about Clover. Yes. And and so you learned like she was part of the experiment and had been on the you learned that there was a version of the game nine years ago. Right. Okay. I was like, okay, they got this and she was there and and then um I can't, you learned about transmorphic fields. Yeah. I could not I can't remember w- which order this came in, but effectively there was something that I learned about Clover that I knew I wanted to, like the information that I wanted to use myself, me, Bobby, the player. Mm-hmm. What wanted to use in the game, but I didn't have access to, and so I'm like I'm tapping through the dialogue, and so my character hadn't figured it out yet, so that's not available. But mm-hmm. I was like, no, you, there's a, the thing with, just tell her, ask her about. <laughs> so I had one of those moments, and then that's awesome. The the third ending I went through, I ended up in the room with the coffin, right? And but you were there too early. Yeah, right. Or, or maybe that was the second time through. I, ended up I think that the was the second time because if because I think you went to the coffin ending and you don't know how to unlock right. it. But I was like, so the, so the game just ends. You're just like, whoops. That's right, because there was that, and then 
I was like, in the third and time, then I said, I said, oh God, snake's in there. Snake is in the coffin. And the third yeah. time you go through, Clover- the third time, yeah, she figures it out because that's the one you learn everything about Ace. Yes, right. But but Clover Clover had said something, and I would be like, no, I've I've been to this coffin before. Me, Bobby, the player's been to this coffin before. Snake is alive. If only you'd listen to me. <laughs> um, and then I got the axe ending. I think that time. Uh, yes, that makes sense. Clover Clover had gone crazy. Okay. And and then I did the safe ending, and that's the and the safe ending became the true ending. Is that right? No. So the safe ending is where you are able to unlock the safe. Right. Okay. And then you learn everything about the the chemical company or the pharmaceutical company, and you learn that Ace is the head of that, and that's where you learn everything about Ace. Remember, that's the that's the ending where you open the nine door. There's the other nine door there. Right. And you get and you get trapped by ace but you learn all this all this shit about him this is really funny i just searched spoiler free walkthrough uh-huh. and the first result i, I did, forgot to put a game name in is virtue's last reward <laughs> without okay. without any other words so you uh, don't need a spoiler free flowchart for virtue's last reward you just like can see which the and what happens is that like you will not have information and the game will just like put a lock there yeah. and then it'll unlock once you know things and you're like oh, i'm going to click back there um so anyway, whatever the order that I did them in, there are definitely moments where me, Bobby, the player was saying, oh, God, I know. Th- I think I know a thing. I'm pretty sure right. this is happening or. Yeah. And then you start to, you know, a character will be cagey about what their motives are. Yes. And I know that that motive is really important, but there's no way to draw it out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, there was particular the one where the, the room or it gets really great when you were in the like captain's cabin. And yeah, that's that's the best. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, I got there first. I did uh, the yeah. I got I got in the captain's quarters my first playthrough. That's how you get the axe ending. Okay. So let let me. I just want to pull up. Where, where's this chart? Do you have? Oh, here it is. Okay. I got it. It's a game facts one. It's the first, if you search nine 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 spoiler free flowchart, it is the first link. Okay, got it. Um, so this makes sense. So you did four seven one, and then your story checks didn't pass, so you got axe. That must have been your second playthrough. Right. Um. Wait, this is not this is not a picture. Why is this not a picture? All right, I can send you the link. Send me the link, right please, here. just so I can. Yep. Uh, gosh, I always forget I get to chat here. Oh, hey, my video looks better. It does. It looks way better. I, wonder if it's, I think it's just getting gray outside. I don't know. It is. What the hell? Do you remember when we started our ten-minute timer? By the way. No. I want to say it was two thirty-eight. I think. Okay, that sounds right. So I, I think we need more time beyond that. Okay, so let's see. I, I the first time through, I definitely did the casino. Mm-hmm. And then I did the operating room. Yep. Okay. That's what I did. I did casino, operating room, and then captain quarters. And then I think I did confinement the first time there you through. Go. Pick door two. And then I went through and I did uh, the second class cabin, the operating r- room. Mm-hmm. No. Second class cabin. Do you do the laboratory again? Which one's the laboratory? I did the I did the operating room twice for sure. Okay. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's, not, it's not all that important. No, but it's important to me. 
Okay. Uh, but you're right. It's, that is not actually important. Anyway, the order that I did think through, um, what I, what I love about it then is that when you, when you, the, the player knows that you, the character now knows information, you can ask something else. And so mm-hmm. during the, the course of the game, it's like, okay, you, there are story checks that you need to pass. You need to answer correctly or ask the right question at the right moment for more information to come out. So when they start talking about um, Ice Nine in particular. Mm-hmm. Do you know about Ice Nine? They're like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, so so all that back and forth is really cool. So the, the point of the game then is that you, the player, has information, access to information, and then you suddenly realize that you, the character, also have access to this information from other playthroughs. Right. And you're not really sure how. Right. Because you're like, well, I'm starting over. I know. Bobby knows. Right, of course, Jun- you've played it. Yeah, Junpei, how would Junpei know? Right. Um, and then you realize that it's not Junpei who knows. Right. It is. It is it's Jun, Jun Akane. From the past. From the past. From the past. Um, so, Which everybody listening to this knows because they've beaten it. All right. So I have, I have some, some questions then about the way that the game ends. Okay. Um, remember what, the ending is way longer than I expected. Super it. long, yeah. There's like all there's like new puzzles and shit. It took, You're like, oh crap! I thought I was I had a couple more hours, and I was like, oh, yep, I'm, I'm like, just gonna go to bed and I'll, I'll <laughs> knock this out tomorrow. And then it was like, like nope, another you've five got hours. Three puzzle rooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so which is totally crazy. Like, there's three puzzle rooms that are locked until like you've played through it a bunch of times. It's so nuts. Yeah, and and tons of story stuff too because you feel like tons of info dumps you feel like you know a lot already by the time you've gotten through the the, the final sa- ending the, the proper the ending. safe ending or whatever yeah but there's like like i really felt like there's a like a rug pulled out from under you and they're like oh here's what's really going on and then they're like psych there was a rug under that one mm-hmm. <sighs> so you go. so we're now back in i believe we're back in the spoiler free territory for a little bit okay so if we just wanted to to talk abstractly about the game again, then we could go back and just, just, I have about five minutes worth of story questions for us. Okay. And then we will be done with these games. Well, maybe we should go back into spoiler territory. Yeah. So, uh, if you hopped back in here, we are, we're not we're quite finished. We're sorry. Give us like five more minutes beyond this okay. when, when I'm ready to say, but I'm also going to give them about, yeah, say like 15 seconds worth of time to hear of this. Padding, yeah, of people padding. know. So yeah, if you listen to this, five minutes is how much more right. time you need to go ahead. So I played through the game twice with bad endings. Once when I realized how to get the story checks passed. Yeah. And then the the true ending. Some, 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 some form of that. So I had to play through four times. Okay. Back into spoiler territory. So the game ends, you figure out what is going on is that the Nonary game is a game that's being played to see that if you put people in crisis, if they have ability to telepathically communicate with one another over expanses of space and eventually time. Yes. So the idea was we'll kidnap all these kids, we'll put them, make them play this game. And then there is a partner to whoever that kid is elsewhere in the world. So one, one group is on a sinking ship. And one group is on a replica of a ship in the middle of the desert. Yep. In Nevada. And can we can we cause their telepathic powers to come out if we uh, put them in crisis? In a really fucked up way. A super fucked up way, okay. yeah. So you learn that Ace is the CEO of the company. This evil pharmaceutical company, yeah. yeah. 
you learn that uh, the the first guy that dies was is he a scientist? I can't remember what his his role was. He was he was one of the four people who was involved. He was in one of the four people. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, every, everybody listening to this knows all this stuff. I mean, it's kind of helpful to just to set up context right. for your questions. But the the captain who was on the boat. Yep. The boat was also part of it. And then yep. there was, who, just, who you met when they were murdered. There was someone who had lots of money. Yeah, who was the funder of yeah. it. Um, so effectively what you're trying to do is you, you figure a way out. You escape with everybody? I believe, uh, except for... Well, the, the ninth guy dies. Yeah, Ace. Do you kill Ace? No, Ace you tie up and put in the trunk. Oh, that's right. Okay. And then you realize that you were not in the ocean, but you were... Uh, in the desert, all in, in Nevada, which is great, which you can kind of guess. So, but. the fucking the, the cool thing about the ending is that you realize that the person on the bottom of the screen who's been talking to you is not your thought process, but someone else, which yes. is the one of the characters that you're with, June, from the past, right? Who, so she gets trapped and can't figure out how to escape this puzzle. So what she does is, she, nine years in the future, she recreates the nonary game takes you her childhood friend and makes you do all these puzzles so you can figure out the puzzle and then tell her how to solve it right which of course she can't do unless you've already done this to help her escape and then set up this right puzzle so there is in this weird paradox yeah there, yeah the, the the paradox of the time travel which is what i was trying to wrap my head around it's like well how did she get out then if we are here and they right they kind of dismiss it as just oh well there are separate right. dimensions and they occur at different times. She is also playing the game with you. Right. She is number six. So that's, it kind of, and, and like, oh, she's not there at the end. She's like disappeared. Right. Which, is which of course, because she wasn't there because she escaped. Right. But she was there the entire time. And you realize that like not all of the numbers necessarily were, are right. Are right. That are on the wristbands. Oh, so cool. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't even like, you would never have a chance that? to think about how the math right, adds up. All just, the math all still works out. Yeah. yeah. And and maybe if you knew about digital roots at some point, like you would know what, what key numbers were. Like right. if you had, Because isn't it like her six is really a nine because the nine never changes the digital root of things. So right. she can go through any door she wants right, with anybody. Yep. Awesome. Fucking cool. But I mean, there are still questions like the, the typical time travel questions that I have. Yeah. About how it works. Um, there's some of those, there's some of those in VLR too, but you're just like, if you try to just go with the awesome thing about turning the freaking DS upside down mm-hmm. because now you're controlling her to, uh, to play Sudoku, to play Sudoku, <laughs> which is yep. like kind of anticlimactic in a way. It was totally anticlimactic because it's a really easy Sudoku puzzle yeah. too. So after like a bunch of, you're like, Oh, okay. but it's also awesome because knowing how to do Sudoku, like you're all just going to bang this through. I got to get, I got to get the information. Yeah, exactly. still tense. And it's just like, I know it's stupid, but thematically like everything, like the number nine is everywhere and you're fucking playing Sudoku, which has nines everywhere. You're like, Oh, this is awesome. So I'm, I'm really glad that you, you forced me to play this. I'm thank you, Adam, for lending me the game Mm -hmm. through Jay. Yep. Adam, yeah. Adam started the chain. He got me to play it. Yeah. So it's all, it's all on you. Solosi too, who I've had fun talking with it, who is yeah, reanimated. He and I never talked about it. Just talked to him. I don't think he's played VLR though. Yeah. Now I should say you totally have to play VLR. Yeah. If you like nine, nine, like get ready. Uh, it's, me- it's mechanically a better game. I don't, I actually like nine, nine, nine better just because it, it neatly ties everything up. Mm-hmm. Like it is a meal. Like you finish nine, nine, nine. And except for that little kind of ending thingy, there's all the mysteries are solved. hundred percent. Yeah. That is not the case in VLR. God, the, it is the part where, um, what was it? It was a. Uh, this is not a spoiler. When Lotus is doing her computer hacking, 
Yeah. That's like one of the best sequences in the game. Totally. Yep. She's awesome. She is awesome. She starts, yeah, figuring stuff out, laying down some information. Mm-hmm. Right, we've talked about this game enough. All right. I think we need to, I need to keep moving on here. It's a really, really freaking good game. God. This is going to be a, like our longest podcast ever. That's fine. Listen. We'll split it up into three episodes, and then we could, that way we have content for the next nine months. <laughs> oh boy! All right, let's. I want to talk a little bit about Assassin's Creed Unity. Oh that, wait, I thought you talked about Assassin's Creed Unity. I did not. Oh, you just talked about the graphics. Yeah, briefly. Okay. Um, Assassin's Creed Unity. So there's been a lot of problems this fall with every game being broken. Yes. Um, Assassin's Creed Unity has its own has a bunch of problems. I'm trying to think of what the right way to start is. I assume people have, have heard the stories and reviews and stuff. So this game came out. One, it got bad reviews. Um, two, there's a, been a ton of frame rate issues and a bunch of like disparate systems not working. Mm-hmm. I assume this stuff's all going to be fixed at some point. Um, I finished Assassin's Creed Unity. I think it's my least favorite Assassin's Creed game. Uh, there are moments of brilliance in it and really cool stuff really strong main mission designs mm-hmm. um, more often than not. Um, I, in fact, I actually think the quality of the single player missions is generally higher than it's been in Assassin's Creed for some time. There's just not a lot of like really crappy missions, which, you know, even black flag had a handful of, but the game suffers from frame rate issues that make the game even more clunky to play than a normal Assassin's Creed game. Uh, I had a few game breaking bugs where like um my like this character was supposed to keep going and she just didn't like I didn't trigger whatever like bit needed to be flipped on her character mm-hmm. so they I just had to reboot like nothing new I do. had that happen at least once in uh black, black flag. flag okay um I can't remember if I did or not but it it, it happened to me like 3 times in a row Oh that's that not good um the co-op stuff, I've only done a little bit of it, is surprisingly interesting. Cool. That's been really fun. That's and the, I want to do I want to do more of that. That's what's intrigued me the most about yeah. the game. Who are you playing it's, with co-op? Uh Jimmy, okay. who played a couple of missions and that was that was really fun. I'd actually like to go back and do more of that. Um the single player side stuff is the least essential it's ever been. The single player missions are super boring. There are some mysteries which are of varying qualities. You basically like you're you're there's no combat. You're doing like detective work, like mysteries. reading clues. And, yep. Um. There's a bunch of like fetch quests that are stupid. Uh. It, it, it's just the game seems littered with. In past Assassin's Creed game, I've felt compelled to do everything, either because of just a completionist vibe or oh, it's fun to like traverse the world and find all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And by and large here, all that stuff seems super duper boring mm. and totally like not worth the rewards and fighting through stuff. So um, also, not that it even matters at this point, there's there's nothing for the bigger world. You never leave the Animus ever for the first time. Hmm. Um, the kind of that doesn't sound bad to me. It's not necessarily bad. So if you don't like that stuff, then you're in for a treat. So the kind of caveat is you're a nameless faces character playing an MMO, which is Unity. Um, and the t- like. You, you hear from like some assassins friends occasionally. The Templars are hunting you down for some reason. Who the heck knows? You just think you're playing a video game. 
So they do a couple cool things where like when they find you, they need to like move you to a different server. And for some reason, when you're like doing that, you go to like an alternate pair or like a different point in Paris's history. So one of the coolest moments is you are transported to World War II France and you have to like traverse the Eiffel Tower while Nazi blimps are shooting at you. And that's pretty fantastic. Like so it's mo- like the saboteur. Exactly. There's <laughs> moments like that. Again, there's some really cool mission design stuff in it. It's not an awful game by any means. Mm-hmm. But for an Assassin's Creed game, it feels real half-baked. Um, not just because of the technical problems, but because the the trappings surrounding it, the kind of whole open world aspect, feels weaker than it's ever been. So it's a disappointing game. It's not a terrible game, but... Uh, um, De- definitely, you know, that's a game I was really looking forward to. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, those like th- three out of five stars, definitely what I would have uh, given it. I, I don't know. It's kind of a bummer because you want the first one that is built to this definition to be really yeah. good. But then you also can expect that that's not necessarily going to happen. No. And for me, it's not even the change, like the things that I like about being a pirate versus the other types of things that you're doing in an Assassin's Creed game. Um, I, I loved being a pirate and I'm super glad they didn't do that again. Like you could totally see them uh, like, so the cool thing about Assassin's Creed is you could do whatever you want. You could go and be a pirate. Like they could set one and, and make you like a samurai. They could, they could do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to make a pirate, series of games that's a great idea go do that but assassin's creed i want to be different people and see different things and do different things all the time um you want to wait a couple years and make another pirate game absolutely that's fine but if you're going to do one every year it it, it should be a little different right but they also should not do (laughs) do one every year either no they no they shouldn't it's this is the first one i'm like yup this was really rushed like i think they've done a really good job the games have varied in quality Mm -hmm. but um this is the first one where I'm like, this game wasn't done. This game just didn't have the meat to it. Yeah. Um, I think if you're a casual fan of the series, this is definitely a year to skip. Um, if you're a big fan of the series, you you should play it, I suppose. Um, again, for the single player missions, which I do like quite a bit. We've, I mean, we've cut Ubisoft a lot of slack for a long time because they were the underdogs in terms of the big publishers. Yeah. And I think it's about time where you're like, nope, you can't. You can't no, all your all your games are on fire. Right. I guess except for Far Cry, which you could set it on fire if you want to. You can. It's part of the game. But... Um, all right, so that's all the games I played, man. Whew. You know, if we do these more often, we wouldn't have to. God. Okay, so I have one last game left. Um, I won't talk about it at length, despite the fact it's the game I've played the most. Okay. But I we can start with this. So you can tell when I started playing the game, you'll see my my character. Do you see his? Mm-hmm. Do you see his name? Palm wand. Hang on, no. Wait, where's his name? Oh, hang on. Oh, got to go back a screen. Zero. Yep, perfect. <laughs> so you're so playing some nine nine nine. I played it immediately after. So I went out and bought Fantasy Life. Fantasy Life. Uh, I don't know what this game is. Hmm? I don't know what this game is. Oh, you, oh, really? Okay. I've heard of it. I don't know. So uh, Fantasy Life is by Level Five. So the same okay. people did Attack of the Friday Monsters, but also the Dragon Quests, Professor Layton's. It is a, it's like a single player MMO. 
So you pick a class and then you there's there's a loose story and you run out and you do typical side quests, go kill X number of this thing in this area, bring it back to me. Then you, okay. you rank up. Now, the thing about the game is that there are a number of what are called lifes in the game. Those are your different classes. So there are combat ones and there are like creation classes as well. So you, you start the game, you could be uh, a paladin, a mercenary, an archer, or a wizard. Now, four different routes to go down for combat. You could also right. do stuff. You could be a, a blacksmith. You can be a miner. You can be a tailor. You can be an alchemist. You could be a cook. Um, you could be a fisher or fisherman, a, a fisher person. Okay. Um, and all these systems can interplay with each other in different ways. So if you're a miner, then you you go out to whatever the dungeon was that you went to, to where you have to go next. And then there are like ore deposits and you mine the ore Skyrim style. Sure. Bring it back. And then if you're a blacksmith, you can work on that ore. So you okay. you have these different classes that can work with each other. So I was a paladin because I wanted to swing a sword. So mm, I'm a miner so I can get ore. And I'm a blacksmith so I can make weapons. And then I can use those weapons. Um, and then you can pretty much be as many of those things as you want. Like you could choose all... You could, you could start the quest for every life. And you could be, have hmm. all the classes available to you. But there are certain things that you can only do while you are in that a class immediately. So you have to go to the guild office and you have to say, I want to be a paladin right now. And what that'll do is it'll make all the paladin quests, certain paladin quests available to you. So the little quests that pop up, there are three kinds of quests. There are the quests that randos ask you to do. Hey, can you bring me three of this thing? Okay. There are the, the, the life quests, which are go kill three of these, go to this place and kill this one monster, come back, turn it in. Go out, collect the bounty on this big monster, bring it back to me. Uh, and then that might say, you have to be a paladin as you're doing this. So you switch to the paladin, you go do that thing, you come back. And then while you're out there, maybe you can mine some stuff. But if you're not like... Oh, but it, if, if you're not a miner... If you're not a miner, you, do you don't get like the awesome axe swing specialty that you can use while you're out there to mine even better ore while you're out there. So you're, the thing about the game is you're going to the same place a lot... Yeah, it sounds a little it's like really, menu management. It's really repetitive. Simulator on twenty fourteen. Unfortunately, uh, it it's less menu management. Well, yeah, it's inventory management. Okay, right. Yeah, that'd be a better it's way. Like, to put okay, it. so now I got to be paladin. I got to go out to here. So I recently just started the game. I'm probably seventy five percent of the way through. Put twenty five hours into it or so. Okay. Um, so there is an end. This is not like a world building. Correct. There, yeah, yeah, there's a story, and you could just keep doing quests as much as you want. Um, okay. There, yeah, and the, the other missions are like there are main story quests that you complete, and you go from one area to the next area. You can buy a house in each of these towns, so you can warp through. Each town you go to is going to give you better stuff, so that you can get new materials to you know do your alchemy with, so you can make potions and Got whatever, it. you know make the best weapon, whatever the case may be. Um, but I believe it's a level 50 level cap. And I'm like level 20, f no, level 32. Okay. Something like that. Let's see. So you got time. Like, yeah. I mean, there's there's still like a ton for me to do in the game, but I would have to do each of the, the different lives to get all that experience. You're not going to do right. it just playing through the critical pathing or, so or even like yeah, of course. very waving. That makes sense. Um, but the base of the game is... It's got a cartoony style, like a Dragon Quest style. Dragon Quest sense of humor. Everyone talks as if they're in the modern day. Um, and there's a lot of 
know, slang and uh, characters are given different personality types. It's kind of charming in that sense. And then it's uh, go out and to the dungeons or the fields or whatever. The combat's relatively simple. Um, it's typically like either like your your main attack, your sword swipe or combos of sword swipes um, and then some sort of like powerful super attack so oh it's like a you know the, the link spin attack would be one of them or if you're not holding a shield then you can like run and like do like a, a jumping slash from a distance hmm. um in that and that feels like very mmo there are certain things that you can't you know you're not strong enough to attack at the moment like oh there's like this dragon that's out here in this plains area i gotta come back for that later where i you know, got it um there's platinum that i want to mine but i'm not strong enough to mine platinum yet so i'm gonna have to come back here later so it's a lot of revisiting it. Mm. Uh, the combat is good enough. Everything in the game is good enough to make me want to play it. But I, the thing that's keeping me going is I'm really invested in it. I gotcha. It's like, well, I put a lot of time into this game already. I want to see it through through the end. I want to see it through the end. Um, I like that. I That does not sound like a game I want to play. I'm going to be honest. It seems ambitious and interesting. Mm-hmm. From what you said, it's like there's some inefficiencies and it doesn't sound like there's nothing great about it. It's just kind of maybe bigger than the sum of its parts. Yes. Yeah. Individually, nothing that you're doing is fun. But in the way that I really liked in Skyrim, making mm-hmm. ar- okay. making armor and sure. making potions. Like so there's there's a mini game associated with all these potions or all these these things that you're building or crafting. And it is the same, unfortunately, it's the same minigame for all of them. So if you're a blacksmith, there are three stations at your blacksmith table. And then there's a list of things that it says you need to do. And it's like, okay, you need to go to the left-hand station and like jam on the A button. And then you need to go to the middle station. And there's a little uh, slider that rides, goes back and forth. And whenever it hits the middle, like you hit the button in time. And then that little meter fills up. And then you jump over here and then you hold the button down. Cool. And then the potion station is like, okay, well, we have or the, the tailoring stations, like there's two of the things with a little meter that goes back and forth and you have to do the timing. And one of them where you jam Uh on it. Okay. And so for, for all of these different mini games, you're just doing the same thing over and over. And then it's like, Oh, you need to forge, you know, these different items to, you know, gain the XP so you can rank up your tailoring level. It's like, all right, what did I, what have I made yet? I need to make like a full suit of armor. And then sometimes like I sold, I sold a bunch of shit. Fuck. I sold something, but it doesn't, it says you need to make four, four pieces from this set. But I don't remember I've made the four. So I need to make them all. Oh, I don't have any beast hide. Fuck. Now I got to go and like find beast hide somewhere. Got to have that beast hide, man. Fast travel to another place and see if I can buy it. No, I don't have any of that. And this is a lot of like, you go, you do a bunch of stuff and you come back and you're like, all right, what shit can I make right now? Okay. I'm going to make as much of it as possible. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it's better than the sum of its parts, but not by much. But okay, but I'm still having fun with it, okay. and that's it's it's the kind of mindless thing that I I need to be doing right now. It's great for watching television with, great for putting in a half hour before bed or like, you know, totally, you know, a half hour after work. Uh, Sweet. So that's fancy life. That's it. Game of the something. Game of, game of the something. So those I've, are our games, I think. I've played 10 games this year, so it'll probably be on my top 10 list. <laughs> nice. Uh, Staring at this 999 chart still. God, how fucking good is that game? Really oh fucking good. I forgot that we were going to need to talk about it at length. Fuck, I know. I'm glad we God, got. it's so fucking good. I'm glad we did. Um, VLR, is that on your radar? 
You should play it sooner rather than later, I think. Okay. Well, unless you want a little... I mean, here's the thing. It's Persona long. Q. Persona Q is next. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm only going to be bringing my 3DS with me over the holidays to both Virginia and to Meg's parents' house. So, and I have plenty to play on that. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fine. So, I did, before we begin now. Yeah, look at that. What do you have two of them? Because I'm an idiot. Okay, understood. So, I bought this Super Mario 3D Land. Yep. First things first. When I bought Fantasy Life, I paid the $40 so I could join. The Best Buy thing. Right. Get 20% off. That has already paid for itself, by the way. So just fucking twenty percent off every new game. Nice. Or actually, every game. That's, as long as it's that's fantastic. A, like a new, like a not used copy, twenty percent off. So, Best Buy was running a deal where they had a bunch of games on sale. This was one of them, mm-hmm. and I wanted this. Right, it's a fantastic game. There's nothing else that I wanted and didn't already have on that list. So I did my old trick where I buy a Pokemon game. Because they have a high resale value. Right. Sold it on eBay. Uh-huh. And, um, and then use that profits from that to help offset the cost of this. Understood. So this was like $15. Okay. Pretty good for... I said to Megas, Mario games never go down in price. No. Except on Black Friday, when this was also $15. Now, I had not sold Pokemon at this point, and I was concerned that I was not going to sell it, and I was going to need to, to return them both to Best Buy. Okay. Because I didn't want to be stuck with a copy of Pokemon that I'm not going to play. Right. So I bought this on the Amazon Lightning deal for $15. Okay. And now I have two. I still don't understand. I, that doesn't make sense to me. Because so, I, I, so you bought that I bought one on the Lightning deal. Because I deal. thought I was going to have to return this one. Because I was going to return this one if I couldn't sell Pokemon because oh, I didn't want to be... Then, s- but then Pokemon sold. Pokemon sold that like that night. So why haven't you returned the other one? Because it's going to cost me... The, the, the like, Best Buy one. The one in your left hand. Because if I if I return the Best Buy one, then the the deal that I get for having bought two games is oh. negated. It was like buy one get one fifty percent. Oh Jesus! Like okay, that. so what are you gonna do with one of those games? I think I'm gonna eBay it. Okay, <laughs> see if you but get. I have, I have but you to, don't care. You only want fifteen bucks for it. Well, here's the thing. But I, I need to get more than fifteen bucks for it because after shipping and eBay takes their cut, that's like five dollars. Okay. But I can't put I can't list it on eBay at the moment because it's flooded with people who bought the fifteen dollar. Yeah. Thing and are reselling it. You're a fool. So I'm an idiot. So you paid full price for the game, basically. Fuck. I did, didn't I? I did. Great work. It's, sometimes sometimes you work too hard to save like $5. That's fine. You can put all that in. All right, let's talk about No, news. hang on. There's there's another thing I okay. did stupid too. I just want to say okay. it because I didn't get oh, to tell Jesus. anyone. I, uh, I pre-ordered Persona Q. Agreed. I bought the, Why not? the special special edition, the big box. Fantastic. Saved my 20% on it, mm-hmm. um, which was great. So I, I bought it through Best Buy. And Persona Q arrived. I was really excited about it. I thought, maybe I'll play it this weekend. I'm going out of town. Popped it open. Pulled the card out. Stuck it in my uh, little DS carrying case. Left for the weekend. Got back, and there was another box from Best Buy. What the fuck is this? Bigger box. Open that up. Persona Q. What the hell did I do? I had not canceled my original pre... So when I pre-ordered Persona Q the first time from Best Buy, I got it where they listed the special edition at the regular edition price. Oh, no. So you opened the regular edition? 
I opened the regular edition. No, I was that's... I was so excited to have it that I didn't think about the fact that like there's supposed to be a gigantic box with a ton of shit in it. Oh, you fucked up big time. So now you have to sell. So now you either have to get rid of the special edition or you've got a used copy now. Here's what I did. I opened up the special edition. The inside copy of the special edition was still sealed. Okay, so the game part in the special edition is identical. Is identical. Oh, I put that good. in a little you cardboard got, sleeve. You got fucking lucky. Returned it to Best Buy. And she was like, well, the guy was like, well, the cardboard's open. I said, well, the game is sealed. And the manager came over. She's like, yeah, it's fine. So I got lucky. You got lucky. I got lucky. You got fucking lucky. Because <laughs> I was an And that one I paid full price for because I did not have the 20% off at that point. <sighs> So Damn, dude. You got fucking lucky. Good for Ad- you. Adventures and babysitting. <sighs> well, we already played this music once, so let's play it again. Fuck it. Let's close out the episode with a little bit of news. More, a little bit of news. We're in the list, so. More recent news, we should say, because yeah. there's no point in going back to September. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, did you know that Halo's broken and Assassin's Creed is broken and yeah. the crew is broken and Dragon Age is broken? I heard all these things are broken. You know what's not broken? What's that? Single player 3DS games. Fucking A. Those still work. Uh, all right. So this first news story breaks my heart. Yeah. Uh, maybe this is the biggest news story. As you know, I've been playing Call of Duty for the last, I think it's four years, for $2. Yeah, it's four years. Ghosts. Mon- Ghosts 2. War- no, go- or- no uh, it was uh, Modern Warfare 3. Black uh, Ops. Black Ops 2. Ghosts. And uh, advanced warfare, I've I've paid two dollars to Redbox it for about a day and a half and return the game, but Redbox is not letting me do that anymore. They're raising their prices to a whopping three dollars a day. I don't even know. Like, what's the point? How am I going to find that extra dollar? Why bother? Why bother? That's why I need to play Advanced Warfare before the end of the year because this goes up in January. Totally. totally. You will feel. Nothing feels like you've pulled one over than when you get all you ring all of the experience you want out of Call of Duty for two bucks. Is it is it like returning a copy of Persona Q to Best Buy? Is it no, because it's not shady. <laughs> <laughs> Mine wasn't shady. I just wanted an honest deal. I understand, but you're right. Yeah, if you're not interested in the multiplayer, like you've said, this is the way to go. So way to go because again, those the game because the multiplayer is so popular, they don't really go down in price. To like where I'd probably buy it for twenty bucks and play it single player, but they don't really mm-hmm. do that for years afterwards. So right. So um, anyway, three bucks now. So the new, the second news story here I thought was interesting, which I didn't know this. This was even a lawsuit. I mm-hmm. don't think I'd ever heard it. But Sony is settling with the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, over misleading Vita advertising. So as mm. a as a Vita owner, yes, <laughs> I think it's interesting that we we are Vita owners. There are th- the things that they promised with the Vita I'd kind of forgotten about. So they had talked about um, how there was going to be like a lot of cross-platform play. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I'll still I'll go and check to see if they've updated the list of PS3 games you could play with the remote screen on your yep. Vita. It hasn't yeah. changed in three years, two years. Yeah, with whatever. PS3. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And they're like, yeah, you're going to play a bunch of PS3 games. And so there's been things that I've wanted to play. And, and even new games that have come out, like the pre-sequel comes out. It's like, well, maybe I could play that on my Vita. Like, no, that's just not compatible. Um, so almost nothing has been compatible. So they oversold that aspect of it. So that was one of the things that they're being sued about. Um, the idea that you could, like, save in one place and immediately go pick up in the other place. Also misleading. It takes time for these cloud saves to sync and register and all of that. So you can't just, like, pick it up in one room and go pick it up in another room. Hmm. 
Um, and then, you know, where, where you, you can't just like leave it off and go pick it up somewhere else as if it was like paused mid play or frozen mid play. Uh, so that was one of the things that they had said about the, the Vita originally. Um, and then I've totally forgotten that this was even a, f a feature of the Vita because who remembered this, that there's the 3G version of the Vita. Right. Which and, had monthly fees with it too. Yeah. It wasn't like buying a Kindle where you just get access to limited, right. limited 3G network to mm -hmm. download books. You pay an, pay an AT&T. Hey, proud to announce we're partnering with AT&T. You pay an AT&T this monthly fee and you're supposed to be able to like play multiplayer games on it on the go. And that never really happened. And the 3G network couldn't support it. And then there were no multiplayer games to play. So people who bought the 3D edition felt bamboozled. Um, so that was another one of the, the false claims that they were making on it. And then you could never play Killzone 3 specifically, which is another right, one that comes which the story. Yeah, I forgot a lot of these details um, since it seems like everybody's kind of forgotten about the Vita. And right. it quickly transitioned from all these ideas to a relatively inexpensive, uh, pretty indie game portable machine. Right, which is a great, I mean... It's great. Totally it's an great. outstanding use for it. And there's, I, I think that if you're going to play enough of those games in one you're not playing them on pc or whatever like mm -hmm. the vita is a good system to do that on it's 100%. a fantastic piece of hardware i love it yeah i have no regrets um but yeah so at some point vita owners i don't know if it's a, a specific time which model do you have did you get the remade model with the really th the thin model or do you have no. the original i have the original okay with the uh, i had a, had a choice because i got mine right on the cusp of that transition happening mm -hmm. and i wanted the nicer screen so I got the I, older model. I picked up one of the thin Vita models when I was at uh, Indiecade because there was you, a Sony, you didn't Sony buy booth there. It. You literally no, picked sorry, it yeah, up. I picked it up. I, I felt it. Yeah. It feels great. Does it? It is. I wish that my Vita had that form factor. Wow. Okay. Actually, um, it's it's it is noticeably light, lighter. I have the original PSP, and it feels like it weighs five hundred pounds. Yeah, the thing is gigantic compared to the remade. Uh, 3, 3, and I'm not talking. Yeah, the 3,000. That's gigantic. Interesting. So, Street Fighter Five. That's a game. It was leaked and then was... immediately announced? Yep. That... Yeah, it, the, somebody put a trailer, like they uploaded the trailer to YouTube uh, on Capcom's like main channel. Um, and then like 10 minutes later, it like came down. Or maybe not that fast, but very soon after it came down. But like it, it had been captured a bunch of places and put up a bunch of places and last everywhere. Right. It was supposed to be announced at the PlayStation experience that's going on this weekend. Um, or this past weekend, probably when you hear this. Um, whoops. Mm. But uh, it will be a PS4 and PC exclusive. Potentially, you know, timed exclusive, but they're saying yeah. exclusive now. Sure. Uh, they're also saying that uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 is coming, is a current generation console exclusive on PS4. That's a weird thing to it's say. It's a weird thing. So this that's a game that's out on the Xbox 360 and PS3 and PC. And it's coming to the PS4. But it's not coming to the Xbox One, right. at least, you know, now. It's It's not... It's not unusual for there to be a special edition of a game that only comes out on one platform. No. Um, um, so let's talk about all this stuff. So uh, the PlayStation Experience is happening, which is like a PlayStation-run two-day convention that is open to the public. And there's a whole bunch of uh, upcoming games there. It's in Vegas. 
you can go and do stuff. And Vegas, a whole lot of baby. Vegas baby. And a whole lot of announcements came out yesterday that are some of them are super cool, some of them are super strange. There was a lot of Vita announcements. Geometry Wars three coming to Vita. That's really smart. I played Geometry Wars at Indicade before I realized that there was going to be a Geometry Wars three. I yeah. did not I do not remember that was a thing in the world. Yep. It's out now. Yeah, it's out now. <laughs> um uh, Broken Age is coming to PS4. Uh, Day of the Tentacle is being remade and coming to PS4 and PC. Yeah. Um, They're still working on that Grand Fandango. Did you watch the PlayStation Experience? The no. like, keynote thing? I did. Yeah. So they come out and they say, you know, it's the 20th anniversary of PlayStation. You know, it was a big PS1 game, Final Fantasy VII. And they're like, we're happy to announce this beloved game. We're bringing it to the PS4. But they're not doing anything to it. <laughs> they're just they're actually putting the pc version that came out on steam on the ps4 can you not play ps1 games on nope. the ps4 you cannot ah. do that that is not a thing that you can do uh-uh. that is not a thing that you can do and who well, knows then if... it is that is huge news then so that pc yes. version yes i mean it looks a l- I, I don't know that so if you remember that is the version i have played uh, of Final Fantasy VII, the like yeah. CD one. I mean, it was fine. Uh, I guess like they they the, uh, they upres it so it looks a little teeny bit smoother than the PS one release did. I don't know. Is this is this the original PC version or is this whatever came out on Steam? This is what came out on Steam. Okay. So I think it is a teeny bit yeah. nicer. Right. But that was a little weird. That's yeah. Start the show with a whimper. It was in the middle of the show. Middle of the show with a yeah. whimper. A, bu- a bunch of, uh, so, like, a bunch of, like, Tower Falls coming to Vita. That's cool. Gang Beast coming to PS4. Mm. Bastion coming to PS4 and Vita. Banner Saga coming to Vita. That seems really cool. Shovel Knight's coming to PS4. Yay. Uh, Super and, Time and Force. Vita as well. I think Shub- just PS4. Oh, I thought it was on Vita as well. Boo. Maybe Vita. I know that's where I want to play it. Uh, Super Time Force is coming to PS4 and PS Vita. Sweet Code and 1 and 2 are coming to the Vita. I thought Sweet Code and 1 was already out on the PS3 and Vita. It is. It's okay. only it's Sweet Code and 2 that's coming out. Okay, Sweet Code and 2 is coming out. That's yeah. pretty good. That's a good game. Yep. That's the best Sweet Code and game. Uh, not like there's a lot of competition, but... Yep. Is Does any of the, the new announcements look particularly cool to you? So Kill Strain, everyone's favorite Jaffe, uh, is making a new game. Uh, no oh, wait, Jeffy, not, the Toys R Us mascot. That's not Kill Strain. That's a draw, drawing dead, dead, dead drawer. Draw, draw of the dead. Yes. Deadlight drawing. Dave, David Jaffe, PlayStation experience. Uh, there's this. I'm looking at this news. Drawn as drawn as dead, dead. Yeah. Dead to rights. Where I'm also looking at news now. As I'm trying to scroll, and as YouTube videos are loading, boy, do you use anything like AdBlocker, Ghostery? Those yeah, I use AdBlocker. Yeah, I also cool. use Ghostery, which blocks like a ton of other like JavaScript nonsense. Oh, nice! And and even after that, the internet Bunch is still intolerable. Um, drawn yeah, to co- death. Drawn to death. There we go. I got it. So that looks, good. I don't know, that looks kind of interesting. I'm a journalist. That, that is, uh, so David Jaffe, who is uh, uh, Twisted Metal and God of War, he's been uh, kind of off the radar for a while and uh, working on a new studio. This is a uh, arena shooter 
that is set in a like middle school students notebook high school students notebook maybe so there's all kinds of like it like very pencil drawing type of aesthetic it's a very cool looking type of game mm-hmm. um in terms of gameplay i don't know we'll see i don't know if it's going to be free to play or what but yeah. and so many of these things are just teasers so yeah hard to tell. <laughs> um persona 5 persona 5 i thought that was actually a, a big deal um not only is it obviously it's coming to north america it's coming day and date with the japanese release I, I, so I don't know if it's day and date, but it is coming out at the same time-ish. So it is not, go, uh, we're not waiting for them to localize it. Okay. It'll probably be within, you know, I, I would guess a few weeks to a month. That's pretty cool. Um, it could, it could be the same date, uh, but I don't know if it's specifically said, but that is very unusual. And that is encouraging to me because on the one hand, I, I don't run in the circles where there would be a lot of persona spoilers. Right, so I don't really have to worry about information coming out of Japan, uh, but I am also really ready for a Persona game. Having having only recently finished playing you know, three and four within the last couple of years, I've not been waiting as long as other people. But sure, I, I am still hype. When did Persona Four come out? Two thousand eight or two thousand in the states or two thousand nine in the states? I think. Boy, that is a long time. <laughs> I double check. Persona 4. It's funny. There's all this like random shit popping up in the Giant Bomb search now. For Persona 4, yeah. Persona 4 is listed as a franchise, which is ridiculous. Like, they, yeah. that is actually super dumb. Yeah. Well, there are two fighting games. This dancing uh, rhythm game. Two versions of Persona 4. So, yeah, you know, it says December 9, 2008. For the PS2 US release. Yeah, in July. To... Damn, dude. Yeah. So, um, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. The trailer they showed, I was like, oh, new. It's not actually new. It's the same thing that they had showed before. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's anime. It's okay, like, word. You can be high school kids. You're a main character and you're in a city and it's okay. anime. Do I like have monsters that are also me? Maybe. Okay. Okay. Is there like awkward humor, relationship humor? Is there hey. a talking fox? Okay. I hope there's a talking fox. I See, I don't like the trailer because it looks like it's serious, but you can also, you could make up a serious trailer for all of them. So, is Teddy it, in it? I hope so. Can Teddy um, be in it? Oh, man. Persona 3 has a more serious tone overall than Persona 4 does. Got so it, it kind of looks like they're going back to that. Who knows? But I hope not. Uh. So we should also talk about where well, I'm kind of skipping around here. The The Game Awards were the night before the PlayStation Experience, and a bunch more news was introduced there. Uh, Nintendo was there. Yo, Mario Maker looks even better. Yeah, I I still have no interest in it, but it now it doesn't look I, like it's well, a dumb piece of shit. Here's the thing. The key question is, can I download other people's levels? If I can... My interest is off the charts. If mm-hmm. I cannot, literally no interest. Why, why bother? It is like that binary. Because I don't really, I'm not, I don't go to a lot of map makers and stuff. But if I could, if somebody could make crazy stuff. The big thing they announced was, now we've seen it was like Super Mario Brothers and Mario Brothers U aesthetic. They added Mario Brothers 3 and Mario World. Which looks fucking awesome. Um... 
Zelda yeah. still open world. Apparently, oh. it's coming. They said it's coming out next year, so but it's th- not. As a, yeah, right. As I well, we know Star Fox will come out before it. Yes. So long as that happens, I buy that'll come out. Come out, yeah. Um, the direction they went with Legend of Zelda is now Shadow of the Colossus instead of Skyrim, which that I makes, think is a more appropriate more fit. Totally. That uh, makes more sense. That's fine. But you know, the video they showed. Did you get to watch that video? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the video they showed, you know, them playing. Oh, there's some. The destination is way off in the distance. We need to traverse the land to get there. You can ride on the back of a horse. And there's a big glowing pillar as you walk that way. And you can use your sword on the back of the horse. Right. And you can auto ride. I like auto riding. Yeah. But that that already looks way more intriguing to me. You know, I would normally dismiss Zelda games. <laughs> I'm sorry. Out of hand. The, the time is the time is man. Zelda has a, a fantastic track record. I think we kind of forget this just because Skyward Sword kind of let us down. But man, that last Zelda game is one of the best Zelda games ever. Between Worlds, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that was. But I'm just saying that that is good because it was just different enough. But I did also did not like Twilight Princess. Okay. So. See, I I did. I would I would challenge people to go back and like I've said before, like the dungeon design is really good in that game. It's just a matter of not, not being compelled by those games. Mm-hmm. Like not thinking that they're bad, but they're, sure. they're just not doing any, any particularly modern thing that interests me. Uh, not it's not becoming flat. Right, I I understand that though, but you know, hey, the first true like HD Zelda, like looking like they're making some interesting design choices. I'm into it. I want to see what it's all about. More like Zelda. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, so much of this stuff is just like teasers for. I know. Who let's knows. let's kind of move on to some real news about faceplates, yo. Generation is back, baby. Uh, Re- uh. Generation Remix is back, baby. PlayStation Four continuing to prove that they are the console to be customizable. Custom faceplates, swappable. Woo! How does this work? Does this work on existing PS4s? Who the fuck knows? Can I buy stickers? That's remember, probably what they are, right? Do you remember the stickers that were like kind of puffy stickers that, that were more than oh, just yeah, yeah, they got good texture on them. They had like they shitty adhesive on the back; they would mm-hmm. fall off everything. Yep. Yeah, those were great. Yeah, well, I, Project Skylight. You know, you know, what I actually do really think looks cool is that 20th anniversary PS4. It does the gray one, like it's pretty good. That's all sold out, right? I think it's, I, th- I think they pre-sold that. Uh, I think so you had yeah it was hard to get i don't know i mean i'm not gonna buy it i already have ps4 if either the announced faceplates pique your interest including little big planet and the order consider making oh. your purchases sooner rather than later faceplates are being offered in quote very small quantities and considering how quickly playstation fans can deplete limited stocks link to that other article project skylight's original pieces could go quickly i want all the faceplates all two of them Yep, for, getting both. for the game for, series you don't like and the game series you don't care about. Yeah, well, so the order could be good. No. I'm a little worried that it's going to no. be quick time yeah. heavy, but I, I don't know. The order is a game that if it came out when the PlayStation 4 launched, you would have been impressed by it and then forgot yep. about it. Who knows? We'll see. Um, so I think that's... Is that the news? That's, that's all news. Oh, boy. I'm Play, PlayStation 20. That's why they announced the 20th anniversary. Yep. And there's free games this weekend, but you missed them if you're hearing this now. What's Do you hear free? about that? No. Uh, yeah. So EA came out. It was actually, I thought it was super cool. EA was like, they they put out a trailer saying like, EA has been supporting PlayStation for a bit. And they're like, 
we thought about how to sell pre work comes out with like we thought about how to celebrate he was like i could have got another tattoo but that never works out well so we're just going to give you free games so here's what's free just for today and tomorrow mirror's edge is free on ps3 need for speed most wanted is free on vita plants vs zombies garden warfare is free on ps4 okay i mean uh <laughs> they're free right yes they're and free. those are like big games those are legit games yeah. mirror's edge is like a song at this point Right. Uh, Need for Speed was still like going for twenty bucks, and like I a most Need for Speed wanted. game Which on Vita. Which one is most wanted? That's the good one. That's the one from two years ago. Oh right. It's got a red and white cover. Do you already this have one. it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's that one. On, oh, okay. Good. Get it it's on, on Vita. On Vita, I would play it on actually. Uh, it's free, so you should download it like ASAP because okay. it's not going to be cool. free in a couple hours. Um. And Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare. I would play that game. Is it better than Destiny? course not you're not gonna play it god destiny's so good Bobby. The, exp- the dark the dark below comes out on tuesday so in destiny you wake up in a room and you're on a ship and mm-hmm. you're like how did i get here and you have to solve puzzles yep and you have to uh equip better gear to increase your puzzle solving level so um thank you thank you for wel- welcoming us back i'm ex- bobby i'm exhausted after our break uh it's gonna be a little while we have to decide maybe if we want if I should bring my equipment up uh, come visit. I don't know if maybe, there'll be the time to do that. I don't know if there will be, honestly. We need to we need to discuss some details about about that yes, weekend. Totally. Um we can do that right after this podcast. But you can hold your phone upside down and send us an email to lowscorepodcast <sighs> at gmail.com. We still have a website. It's called lowscorepodcast.blogspot.com. They won't take it away up? from us. Mm-hmm. It's not a GeoCities page, so it is ours. Oh, thank goodness. It's ours to go. And if you're happy we're back, what can they do there, Jay? They, they, uh, all right, you can go on Twitter and be like, it's about time, at Low Score Podcast. 